Blah. I'm Kevin Wolfman. Boo. I'm Spook Spooklin. I'm a historically Hollywood monster of note. And I'm dead. <laughs> and welcome to Spooky Swirl. <laughs> It's Spooky Swirl, a boo-boo-boo, as Santa Claus would say, if it was Halloween, which it is. Welcome to our annual tradition, this yearly custom that we do, where we all sit down and watch all the movies to do with pumpkins. It's uh, Kevin, once again, joined alongside my OTP, my one true phantom, Sam Chaplin. (laughs) Hello. God, they say that uh, Sam Chaplin haunts these very halls. Creaking around. Boo! Ah. Shaking a load of old two litre bottles. Yeah. The ghost of Pepsi passed. Because you don't do it anymore. Ah. I don't drink it anymore. <laughs> I'm not haunted by those demons. <laughs> How are you doing, Sam? I'm pretty good. Um, uh, well, I'm scared because it's Halloween. So. It is a scary time of year. Yeah. Historically, you have, and to one point, even worn that you are not too keen on Halloween. Not really, no. But every year we find ourselves doing these lovely Halloween movies. Are you excited to talk about more scary stuff? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, on, on a scale of the different emotions, I mean, terror, where would you rank terror for, for you? Like, I mean, do you enjoy being terrified? Or Well, no, it's, it, by its very nature, it's terror, isn't it? You're not supposed to enjoy it. It's, it's an yeah. unpleasant... Right, it's an unpleasant feeling, mm-hmm. and I don't understand why people enjoy feeling it. I, <laughs> I, this, I'm not... This, there's no jokes here. I'm asking you, as a man of science, yeah. what, what's the deal there? What's going on with that? Well, from what I've gathered, it's the same thing with why people like going on roller coasters and whatnot, and that people enjoy the rush and the thrill of the release of adrenaline as they think that mm. something terrifying is going to happen to them, while the brain can gently say, it's okay, we are actually here in a room and it's all right. Of course, the exception to that being if it's a really scary movie, and then you do a wee in a cupboard. So, you know... Yeah. That's the science behind it, really, Sam. And we 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 mainly to replenish electrolytes and to remove excess water from the body and waste products which are collected in the kidneys and pass through the penis or pass through the urethra, uh, yeah. which is where it comes out there. The other side, if it's brown, uh, yep. drink, drink it, it down. down. No, wait, no, shit, no, fuck, no, I got that one wrong again. If it's brown, it means you should be drinking more water. And yep. the doctors say now, they're saying that you should be drinking eight glasses of, of piss water a day now. Yep. So that's what we should be at. And that is why we're doing a scary movie today. Ooh, what, what's the scary <laughs> movie, Kevin? <laughs> well, today the scary movie is The Thing, which is genuinely one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. So, Sam, have you got any spooky plans for Halloween this year? I honestly have no plans for Halloween, which is which is quite sad because I've I've amassed a number of Halloween costumes in my in my time. Oh, really? Yeah, I you know as much as I'm not too keen on Halloween, that's the branding I was led to believe. Yeah, I I love a deal. So when <laughs> when a costume comes up, say at an ASDA, an Aldi, or yeah. an Amazon Prime delivery, then 
I think, well, you know, I'll, pro- I'll probably do something at Halloween, and then I just don't. So, have you ever went out in a costume on Halloween? Yeah, I must have, I must have done. I think... Um... <laughs> you must have done! <laughs> but, like, yeah, it sounds like something I did. It stands to reason that I would do that at some yeah. point in my life. Yeah, I mean, as a child, I think I've, I've been a vampire. I'm talking about as a disgusting, grown-up, fully-hatched man, though. Not much, really. Not much, implying that you've still done it? No. I, well, I... I'm just saying, every Halloween that I've known you... Yeah, I haven't... You've not. So that's... Yeah. Scratch off the last six years. Can we work backwards from then? Probably no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've maybe been to, like, a Halloween party, but even then I'm not sure that I... I might have... Because you've seen me, like, a long time ago, I wore, like, a deliberately antagonistic I don't like Halloween t-shirt. That's not a costume, um, mate. It's not. it's not a costume. It's not a costume. It's and not a costume. It's not actions. got fangs. If it's not got no. fangs, it's not a costume. So I guess not. I don't like it, mate. I don't, I'm not a Halloween guy. But you like to amass the costumes just to kind of. Because I always think, well, I will need them because, you know, I'm a sociable dude. I'm going to go out at Halloween at some point. So for you, has there always been like just some like really fucking five star cracking Halloween just on the horizon? Yeah, yeah. Is it this year? Well, you know, it. I mean. <laughs> It's too early to tell at this point. I know it's Halloween now. Yeah. But it's also not Halloween yet. But I I mean, by the time we release the, this, like, I, let's just safely assume probably not this year. Maybe next year. Okay, so next year we can look forward to that one. I mean, what are the costumes that are in the rota, if you don't mind me asking? Um, Did you get any of those really offensive ones that Asda were doing and then they had to, like, you know, <laughs> had to discontinue them? It's like empowered sexual assault uh, male or something like that. Or escaped mental loony bin guy. <laughs> I don't have any of those. I, re- I really want Plumber's Mate. my... <laughs> My favorite. Have you seen Plumber's Mate? I see. Is that, is that Luigi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's also Sexy Plumber's Mate as well. Um, is that like a low-cut Mario type? Thing? Yeah, and then Maybe Sexy Plumber's one. Mate. Okay. Who's, what's Waluigi? <laughs> oh, it's uh, Bad Plumber's Mate. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is like... Wario's not a bad plumber. Where in the rich lore of Wario was that established? Um, I think in terms of costumes I got, you've got like a, a vampire thing somewhere, one of those just scary masks of like a, a horrible zombie face. Um, <laughs> I really wish this was a video podcast because I just want you to put all these different like masks <laughs> on now. And this terrifying little fellow is called the ghoul skin. <laughs> it's a skeleton kind of onesie type deal. I think that might be about it. Also like a, like a duck mask as well. But I've got a big head, so these masks are very tight on my face and they get very hot very easily. And that, that to me, is the scariest part of Halloween, is uh, it's being a bit warm and full of condensation in one of those masks. Oh, I know what you mean. I mean, I used to... Uh, I, I got, like, a scarecrow mask, like the one Killian Murphy wears in Batman, and uh, yeah. that looked great, but you only had those two little eye holes for, for air, and... Uh, it's not sustainable for the lifetime of a Halloween party. No, I, t- I take it off and the beard would be wet, like it would kind of... Uh. I kind of created an ecosystem in my beard, like the water cycle would happen, you know, the evaporation, the condensation, the transpiration, all within that small environment, and not pleasant at all, actually, so... Do you think Killian went through that as well? I don't know. 
know, maybe he did. His was a cloth one, though, and I used to complain right. about it. More breathable. Yeah, more breathable. My friend made me a cloth scarecrow mask for Halloween one year, and I was so happy about it because like, it had a proper mouth on it, and I loved it. Yeah. But unfortunately, such was my hubris. Watch yeah. out there. Is that a batard I see? Looks like it's going to get hoisted. <laughs> by whom? By me. Uh, I'll be hoisted yeah. by that. I ended up drinking so merrily that I kind of eroded the mask stitching. Okay. It kind of slowly kind of fell apart as the knife progressed. But because it was the mouth that was getting upper, it just looked like I was getting a bigger and bigger smile. Like, there's yeah. a scarecrow. He's having great crack tonight. He's had four <laughs> pints and his face is hanging on by a thread. What a nice scarecrow. <laughs> a lovely, friendly scarecrow. You know, like a yeah. Wizard of Oz. Like a nice crow. Like a fun crow. <laughs> Yeah, like the the crows from Kiora. Those guys were all right, weren't they? <laughs> they were uh, they were on the money. They just wanted some sugary drink. Those drinks you were having were were too orangey, mate. That was your problem. And that it wore away the. <laughs> Everyone knows it's too orangey for scarecrows, Robin. There you go. So, today we're going to be doing the thing, but before we Mm -hmm. talk about the thing, we have to do that other thing, that thing that we have to do, which is delve into the crypt brackets mailbag. Some dolphins in the uh, in the mailbag there. <laughs> All right, how scary would that be though if you opened up a crypt and there was a boo and then there was like dolphins going, <laughs> you know, that's that's scary. You know? Yeah, that's like an unexpected scare. You expect bats, but if there's just like dolphins on the floor, it's intimidating. Oh, get me Dr. Aurel Stein on the phone. I got the new goosebumps <laughs> idea up in here. Okay, so we've gotten a lot of very spooky les- letters and messages of note to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Now, I'm in a real, real bind here, Sam, which is we have gotten a number of very fabulous messages here. However, I feel I should focus on the Halloween themed ones because we've got a lot of great stories that people are sending in about food in the cinema and incidents of note in the cinema whereas I think yep. we are going to keep it OG spooky swirl original spooky swirl content yep. and we're going to read your scary ones although okay. I will say Sam you want to talk about a something horrific you ever like see a horror movie where someone who's like kind of is the hero but they live long enough to see themselves become the villain mm. yeah um, well I have been eating a lot of food at the cinema are you the villain now is that what you're saying you've become from the cinema's point of view yes yeah well, okay what have you been eating at the cinema I'm I feel like I can't disclose the. I'm not ready to well... do, disclose this yet <laughs> like honestly I'm not even sure I mean can we distort my voice get a kind of a, like a filter <laughs> over it here because I don't want anyone tracing this back to me. You know, members of the Odeon Enclave could be listening as we speak. But right, how? But I, I want to just vaguely gauge mm-hmm. how bad you've got. Like, is it hot food? Are we talking hot? Not hot food. No. But food that required construction with a knife and fork. That, that, oh, no. You know, okay. As in, like, a, we're approaching a picnic here at this point. Yeah. I, mm. I'm living on the edge, Sam, and I'm loving it. I, I gotta tell you, I'm loving it. My heart's, All like, right, pounding well, every time I go to the cinema these days. When an email comes in from a viewer, say, oh, there's this bloke with a beard, and he had, like, this whole picnic basket, he got it out... <laughs> I'm not going on my own. I'm bringing friends <laughs> with me to share in the experience. Sure okay? you are. I'm not, sure. I'm, not, I'm not the monster here. Just me and the ghoul patrol go in and we eat some cheese and some wine. It's no big deal. Cheese. Okay. Cheese. Brilliant. Yes. 
Cheese. Bringing that's cheese that. to a cinema. That's all I'll say for now. But right. I will just say I'm not ashamed of myself. And to any would-be cinema entrepreneurs out there, try and stop me. Yeah. Well, I think villains and sort of criminal scum never think that they're the bad guy, do they? They just they they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, but if a criminal scum, as you would say, <laughs> if, if they got to like spend what the nine hours of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, they got to spend the nine hours of that eating a load of food they've brought in, you know, from home. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. You know, nice guy. All right, you know, nice okay. guy. That's all I'm saying. I'm not the villain here, okay? We're going to go into our mailbag now. I love this one here. This is from James Erwin. Hello, Kevin and Sam. If you were going to make a horror film about a pair of plucky podcasters who are pursued by a sinister new media company run by the devil, which actors <laughs> from previous Cinema Sorrel episodes would you cast and what would you call it? Delighted you're back. Yours frightfully, Pumpkin Emoji. James. Thank you, pumpkin emoji. Uh, sorry, not just a pumpkin, it's a jack-o'-lantern. He's like a gourd enthusiast or something. It's like, oh, here's just a root vegetable, you know. Thank you, Jack. There we go. James! Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. O'Lantern. <laughs> Are we casting ourselves? Well, okay, why don't you... Are we casting the ghouls? They're asking us to cast generally. So let's just say we have to cast the devil, and we have to cast each other. So if you want to take a swirl at casting those three, then I'll have a, a snack at that. Okay, this is a bit of a curveball. Okay. Sure, which is kind of relevant. As the devil, perhaps Steve Buscemi. I think he could pull off a good devil. I think he could he could bring the, the, the unsettling... <laughs> <laughs> vibe. Are you making a shot at his appearance? Is that no, it? no, I'm not. How's he I gonna think... react to that on the phone? Like the the agent rings up. Oh, Steve. A couple of blokes think that you're fucking ugly and they want you to be Satan because well, yeah, that no, is the I... level of your displeasingness. I, I think maybe the devil should not be like pure evil, like cartoony evil. I think there yeah. should be some levity to him. I think Steve Buscemi can bring both sides of that. Well, I mean, the devil does wear a Prada, as we all know, a very human <laughs> trait uh, for the devil to have the trappings right, who, of wealth. Who would you cast as the devil then? I'd probably cast Gabriel Byrne as the devil because he has played the devil before, opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger in End of Days. So okay, I would not like that. that. In my canon, when I still a root and two. Catholic, you know, yeah. giving them both barrels of benediction. When I was a Rootin' Tootin' Catholic, in my my canon, my Catholic canon, because everyone imagines, like, oh, this is the, the, the Jesus I imagine, this is the God I imagine, etc. My canon, it was Gabriel Byrne. He was the devil, you know. He okay. Just, he played it that well, you know. So who, who would you cast as you? As me. I think we might have done this before, but... We've done it before about casting ourselves as generally in Cinema Swirl, the movie. Yeah. But if we're talking about kind of us uh, being pursued on the run, that type of a thing, you yeah. know, we're going to have to look at it from a different viewpoint. Maybe someone who's been pursued kind of on the run. You know, maybe George Clooney for me. Yeah? Yeah? Want to be Clooney? Yeah, I'll be Clooney. Okay. You, you want... Do you want... Do you want to? I'm not saying I want Clooney. All right, because I... I'll be him, yeah. If you like, if you insist, I will be George Clooney, and it is accurate. It is accurate. Yeah, I, I think maybe sort of a Steve Buscemi <laughs> figure could portray Sam Chaplin pretty well. So we're, for the record, we're going to go with Steve Buscemi as, in your version, is going to be double duty. Is that it? Like picking up two checks? Well, here's the thing. You think, oh, that Sam guy's really nice. Mm. He's great. Oh, he's being chased by the devil. Oh wait, he is the devil. He. 
he is. Are you worried that you could be undermining the subtext of this movie where we're being chased by a sinister new media company where you are the person who is running the new media company? You know, I'll be honest, I forgot about that element. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I'd like to have words with you. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Video Negative sends an email with no subject. (laughs) (laughs) The subject line's been dead for six years, (laughs) Mr. Helmsley. This year promises to be the swirliest Halloween on record. But in all your years on this earth, what has been the scariest All Hallows' Eve you've experienced to date, Sam. Okay, well, we've already established that I'm not much of a Halloweener. I don't go out much on Halloween. I haven't really had many scary experiences. Like, the, if by scary you mean a nuisance, yeah. then there were some, some kids throwing an egg at, at the car on my parents' drive. Whoa! Hang on a uh, second. There was, there was some egging. There's been some egging. So you telling me that someone came and egged Big Pappy Chaplin's motor vehicle? A hundred percent. It was wow. all covered in goop. One egg? I, I mean, I think it was multiple eggs. Multiple eggs? Yeah, I think it was like, ding dong, oh, trick or treat, but we didn't answer. We're not fools. And then in return, we got some eggs, but they didn't deliver them whole. They just, they'd smash them on the car. That is shocking. That is absolutely shocking. Oh my God. Not not scary. <laughs> but but just you really had the British annoying. Lion stamp on them at least, I hope. Um, they were happy egg co eggs. Okay, that's <laughs> but, all right. I mean, as, well, as, well, as well as being smashed, I'm like, what a waste, you know? Oh, well, looking for the point of view if you're going to be egged i'd rather be egged by a higher welfare egg than a sweatshop egg you know don't want that on my conscience like an egg that's been made in like you know by child labor or something like that you know some of these cheaper eggs i wouldn't like that at all for me my scariest halloween really has to be the first halloween where i was like went out as an adult you know because it was like i think when i first went to university my first halloween i was like oh look at this there's all the different characters from all my favorite tv shows getting sick and falling over so you know yeah, I guess that is kind of spooky. It is. It's spooky in its own way. I never forget seeing a clown vomiting profusely onto the streets of Galway being consoled by a big box of vitamins. <laughs> there was so much going on. It's like, oh man, clowns yeah. getting sick. That's a funny thing on its own. Why would a clown be consoled by a box of vitamins? Also, you can get a box of vitamins as a costume. And, you know, that's Halloween sword for you next year. I oh, guess, huh? I thought someone was like offering the clown a box of vitamins. No. Like, oh, you're being sick. Here's some vit-. They were a box of there vitamins. There was a big, like a box of vitamins going, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to hear a, a scary story from my life recently? Please. I love scary stories from your life. So I was walking down the aisles of Asda <laughs> as I. I, as I often do, returning to the scene of the crime. And do you ever like kind of see people picking stuff, and you're like, uh, "That's you know, no, not really." So it's all done in home shopping centres. We'll get we'll get there some other time. <laughs> um, I was going through like the homewares bit where they've got like they had all the Halloween costumes and stuff. But I was just walking down like the book aisle or something. But it's just me on one end of this aisle, and it was kind of empty. Apart from on the other end, there were just two children standing there, very still, looking at me. But they both had like Halloween masks on. Oh man! One was like a scary kind of China doll type thing with like blood coming out of it. One was like a scary clown. Yeah, it was gross. And they were just staring at me and not moving while I was walking down this aisle. So I thought, well, these are these are kids. Kids, this is fine. I can 
<laughs> I couldn't make my way out of this situation. I tried to like walk past them, they just didn't move. So as I went past, I just went, ah, like that, as a fun joke, because yeah. I'm a great guy. Hey. No response from the kids. They just continued to stand there being really genuinely creepy. I had to go around them and then went on my way. And it was it was horrific. I oh, think kids God. nowadays know how to scare people by the fact that they are children. That's terrifying. Like if children find out like how inherently terrifying they actually are, because I mean We're doomed. I feel like that's a wasted childhood on my behalf. I was led to believe I was adorable. I didn't realise I had a capacity to be terrifying or gruesome yeah. even, you know? If the kids were running around and be like, ah, I'm a vampire, ah, I'd be like, ah, ha, ha, nice, fun kids. Right, but if they're just standing there, staring, it, not moving, it's, it's deeply chilling. I used to do that when I first moved to Lincoln. It was a dark thing that I would do. I would, well, I did on Halloween a few times. So I'd pop on the old Halloween mask and I'd just stand in the middle of the dance floor breathing. And <laughs> were you one of these um, viral spooky clowns that happened a couple of years ago? Was that no. You? Also, that was like literally earlier this year. Like, no, it wasn't. Thinking. It was. Was it? Yes. To me, that was two years ago. I least. still think that that was done by the people from the It movie. That they that was that was hashtag viral grassroots marketing right there. I've seen the It movie now, by the way. Oh, I've, uh, the I've It, it. movie. <laughs> it's the It movie these days. Um, I know. Last time we were talking about maybe doing it the original it as a spooky swell oh yeah there was a bit of a spatter in those works it was like four and a half hours long the original well it, it's because it was a two-part mini-series not a film which yeah, i didn't realize until after i'd seen as it. a movie though and it's like people yeah, refer they repackaged to it as a movie it. and it's just like yeah, it's mine's not. on a double dvd the ones you have to flip over like it's a fucking yeah. burger that you're cooking or something. <laughs> I saw that. Very scary. Scary stuff. What was scarier, the children or the movie? Probably still the children, to be honest. Oh, I, it, like, it was just it was just creepy. The scary thing about it, the most scary thing, was a lad on the front row just taking photos of the screen with the flash on. Oh, God. And it happened for about 20 minutes until one person just said, put your phone down, you prick, like that. And it was just a great moment for everyone in the cinema. <laughs> very British moment. <laughs> okay, we've got some more messages here. I'm worried that we have maybe set a precedent by mentioning this before. I don't know if it's the same person or if we just have copycats now. Um, okay. But Jack Stevens sent us an invitation on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> I just... I'm really worried now for the young professionals out there. If they're... Oh, God, he's only got the five connections. I feel bad now. I just... I We're not a person. It's a concept. There's been quite a lot of LinkedIn invitations. I don't yeah, know why. It's really bad. Grant Shanks with a spooky mailbag question. Hey guys, love the show. So if you had to have a dinner party, brackets, come dine with me style, with hmm. any horror or scary film characters, who would you pick? Hmm, interesting. Okay, I'm gonna go and come dine with me. We usually have like four or five, don't we? Yeah. Okay, so for, for simplicity's sake, I'm gonna go down to three, okay? Okay. I'm gonna go with Jack from The Shining. I think that yep. he'd be very good in there. Because I think he'd be very good as being like, you know the guy, you've seen that famous clip of Come Dine With Me, the guy who gets really pissy when he hands out the yes, reward? Yes, I have. I can just imagine yeah. Jack Nicholson, you can go on with your sad little life. <laughs> I think that would be great. Um, yeah. You gotta have Freddy in there, cause, you know, I mean, he could be, he could make funny quips like, uh, uh this meal is a nightmare, you know, <laughs> and, and I should know, being yeah. Freddy, Fred Krueger. Yeah. I think our last one as well, I mean, I don't think the Xenomorph would be much good, you know, that would be a bit scary. So I'm gonna go with the, the cat from Alien. I'm gonna go with, uh, with old Jonesy. Uh, oh, the cat would nice... be a, a nice calming influence and counterbalance the very, very strong and antagonistic flavor 
favourites from the other two. Yeah. I, I mean, I to be honest, Kevin, I, while you were going through that, I was like, oh, those are the three <laughs> horror films that we've done. And those are the most appropriate characters. Oh, I guess you've not really seen any other movies, have you? No, I can't really think of anyone else. So, to, to by thro- being brand loyal and on point there with our core values, I may have actually seen any film. Cut the legs out from underneath you there. <laughs> I'll pop the old clown from it in there, mate. I'll pop old. Uh... Oh, clowny, clown boy. Well, you've, you've seen more recent horror movies, haven't you, having worked in the cinema? So we can put Pennywise the It in there, right? Yeah. Pennywise the It can go in there. What other horror movies have you seen in <laughs> recent years? What other fucking trash have you had to watch in the cinema? I, see, I, I, I still avoided horror films when I worked in the cinema, because I just don't I don't get on with them. But I'll pop Jigsaw from the Saw films in Yay! There. That'd be really sad. He'll get the sympathy win, though, because he's got, like, a real sad story. It's like, well, you know, I had cancer and, you know, yeah. uh, you know, people are going to rally around him. I don't know if the food will be judged accurately as a result of that. I genuinely feel like he'd be very creative with his cooking. <laughs> well, speaking of creative with his cooking, yeah. and, and someone who you've probably seen the movie, and also, for my money, a very, very scary, very disturbing, very well-acted and well-thought-out performance... Mm-hmm. Jared Leto as the Joker in Suicide Squad. Yes. Just a, a dark, deep, just a... Whoosh. I wouldn't like to look under the hood, man, if you know what I'm saying. I'm saying it's kind of like a, kind of like a nightmare, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> On Come Down With Me, he's certainly got an advantage with the number of knives that he has, because he lays them all out in a big circle and lies down in the middle of them. I'm like, he can chop any meat, vegetable, cheese, bread... Mate, he's got all the knives. Jared Leto as the Joker, he's the one that should be up for the chop, if you're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the question. We got one from Dave Rindone, which is a scary question. Knowing that Sam used to work in a movie theatre, and the state I of did. today's support media has been dodgy at best, has there ever been a movie horror-related poster, trailer, or box art that really drew you in? Some of mine would include 1978's Magic, the trailer, Jacob's Ladder, the poster, and Class Reunion Massacre, the box art. Thanks. I'm going to say no, because I ain't going to get scared by a poster, mate. I'm fucking not a loser, yeah? I'm going to get scared by a little box with a picture on it, okay? I need more I need more ghoulishness than that to, to get me out of the scare bed in the morning, if you know what I'm saying. I'd say the poster that scared me the most was uh, the Emoji Movie poster. Oh, God. The impendingness <laughs> of it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, gen, but like to genuinely answer that question, the one that like struck me the most was um, both the trailer and all of the marketing for Get Out. Oh yeah, that, that was came good out. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was like properly creepy with like the right amount of funny, but not quite sure if this is like when you hadn't seen it yet. Mm. I'll tell you what, uh, another one that really kind of just chilled me, kind of right down to the insides. Uh, mm. Suicide Squad. <laughs> 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 I saw the poster yeah. for Suicide Squad and I caught mm. it. <laughs> there's a lot of scary colours in there, aren't there? There's green, there's purple. <laughs> uh. I can't. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary film. It's the, the big crocodile lad, he's in there. Yeah, and I caught, I caught a glimpse of old Jared Leto there as the Joker. <laughs> I remember going. Yeah. <laughs> We ain't in Kansas anymore, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, this is going to be like a roller coaster. I don't mean the kinds that are nice. I mean the kinds that are scary. Am mm. I right? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so scary. I actually didn't even see the movie. Have you not seen it? No, I've not. 
Okay. But I'm making assumptions because I can, and it's easier that way. So uh, You are entirely correct about that. No, <laughs> see? That's why it's easy. Okay, because you know what they say, the old saying, sometimes when, you're, when you assume, okay, sometimes when you assume... You hit it right on the head. Boom. Yes, Bullseye. You do. Okay. Um, judge that book by its Jared Leto cover, is what I always say. That's <laughs> what my gran used to say over pints of Guinness. We've got a, another uh, one here from Jack Stevens' invitation is awaiting your response on LinkedIn. Oh, gee, I've, okay. And you're putting us under pressure now. we got one here then from Polly Dangerously. Good day, lads. I was wondering, what is the film that scared you the most? Personally, I can remember watching VHS a few years back ago and feeling safe in, and not feeling safe in my... It says here, and feeling safe in my apartment for a few days. I assume he means oh. and not feeling safe in my apartment. Yeah, so it's a really scary movie and it really just like kind of built up my Made foundations. You know, that was my rock, that movie, for a number of mm. years. All right, Sam, you go first. The thing that scared you the most, and we can span adulthood, childhood, and the orange mocha chip frappe Pacino years in between. Hopefully my memory serves me well and I haven't said any of this before. The, sca- the scariest movie is probably I think The Shining still fucks me up mm. from when we watched it. Did you see that documentary about The Shining and all yes, the crazy shit? I did yeah and that was freaky in a more slightly amateurish way. <laughs> But it was <laughs> it was a nice nice companion piece to The Shining. There's some really weird stuff going on in there. But the thing that scared me the most as a child mm. was Art Attack, specifically the head. Oh God, yeah! Why have you got a fucking fear of the heads? I I think I might have said that before, but I still that's the thing that freaks me out the most as a child. I'd have to hide whenever the head came on because it was Aww. just terrifying to me. God, so what was it just about the, the head's movements? Was that it? Even when it was explained to me that it was really just Neil Buchanan mucking around, I, I wouldn't have <laughs> Literally it. Literally, um, like... It's covered in muck. It's just, ugh, it's just yucky. I didn't like it. it God, just... if they made that into a movie, you would have been proper spooked. I think, yeah, I mean, if that's... You, you know, in uh, in It, you've seen it? Uh-huh. Where, like, the kids all see the things that they're scared of the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine would be <laughs> the head from Art Attack would oh, try man. and come and kill me and turn me into like a clay model a claymation in general fucks me up yeah that is a scary thing i mean i'm just trying to not imagine how pennywise the clown morphing into the head from art attack yeah being the scariest thing ever beep beep richie etc i mean i think i mentioned before on the podcast that you know obviously when we talked about alien like i, I pissed myself after that like, yeah, yeah and yeah. kind of i fell into another dimension briefly like into a time mm. that's parallel to ours um, have I told the mask before? I remember when the the mask, the ad for it came on on like movies, movies Hollywood or whatever it was called in Ireland, and it's like coming up next, we have got a little sneak peek of Jim Carrey's hilarious new movie. It's like, Bleh! yeah, <laughs> oh god, it does ring a bell. Yeah. yeah, I mean those ones that have scared me. I used to actually be really, really scared when I first saw Dawn of the Dead. I saw like the first. 10 minutes of it only and there was right. something about like the like I know it looks hokey by these days but as a kid I was only like 10 or so when I first saw it just the first bit because it was so bloody and uh, hopeless it really I had a real fucking bugbear for zombies for many years because my brother had the demo of Resident Evil 2 around the same time as well I remember just being didn't like zombies thankfully oversaturation of zombie stuff and Shaun of the Dead helped me love zombies and then grow to grow tired of zombies and now yeah. I have nothing zombies as a result so good job everyone we all did our what was the video game with the cone head thing big triangle Silent head Hill. thing yeah Ooh. that was scary 
Yeah. Fucking Never Resident- played it. No. Watch my brother play it. Oh, man. Yeah, that thing is fucking freaky. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, if I actually talk about the movie that I watched like from start to finish as a kid, or younger mm. even, I think I first saw it when I was like 13 or 14, watched it start to finish, was absolutely terrified by it, and like really shook and afterwards not that i wanted to like never see it again i was like captivated by it and it's the movie that we're doing today it's right john carpenter's the thing this is the movie that made me view scary movies as being something that i could actually enjoy actively as opposed to enjoy well in retrospect or you know kind of enjoy because i'm laughing at how silly it is or my friends are all around like this is my favorite horror movie without question i think Okay, well that stands in good stead, doesn't it? That's yeah. going to be good. Um, you mentioned that it's John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. Is that like Peter Kay's Phoenix Knight? It's like <laughs> it has to be referred to as that officially in all things. It's not just The Thing, it's John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, and in a similar vein, Daniel Kitson has had all of his parts cut out of this and refuses <laughs> to even talk about it. Grew to resent John Carpenter a lot, did Kitson, yeah. the genius that he is. So yeah, his stuff is often <laughs> prefixed with uh, John Carpenter's the name of the movie because he is a very popular director. I'm not familiar with him at all, I don't think. I, I'm really struggling to think of any other instance of John Carpenter that I can think of. Have you seen Escape from New York? No. Have you seen Big Trouble in Little China? No. Have you seen The Fog? No. Well, I mean, I haven't looked out the window in a while, but... Hey! Foggy old London town, am I right? I haven't really done any The Thing jokes yet. Yeah, I was going to call it The Yoke. Do you call things (laughs) yokes over here? No. Oh, man. (laughs) Give us that yoke over there. Where's that yoke? Yoke. Yoke. No, not the yolk is in egg. Yolk is in Y O K E, which is oh. weird for me because in some circles in Ireland and also in, in, in England, I found yolk also means ecstasy. Apparently, a, a touch oh. of of ecstasy can be called you mean a yolk. Or he's right. been up there now, up the hill, doing yolks all afternoon, you know, yeah. and he's got a look on him. So yolk, the thing, the thingamabob. John Carpenter's The Yoke. <laughs> John Carpenter's The Yoke is the Irish edition. So, have you seen no John Carpenter movie, do you think? No. Have you seen They Live? No. Oh, my... <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought... I had a lot of, like, I let a lot of those ones fly by. I was absorbing the bullets. You know, I'm like Boromir yeah. there, taking all them arrows. But that one was the... You know, that's the real... Or, or the but fun. Kevin, <laughs> how are you still surprised that Sam hasn't seen any films? It's it's genuinely, it, it does surprise me. And I must say, the fact that you've seen no John Carpenter whatsoever... Not a single one. And what are you, like 40, 50? How old are you? Yeah, I'm 40, 50. <laughs> <laughs> that's how old you are! Whoa, yeah. man! Hey, I know there was some pops on the audio last week, but uh, I didn't know I'd be uh, co-hosting with pops over here. Hey, old man, get off the podcast. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, films have only been like a relatively small part of my life. They've only been around for a little bit relative to how long I've been here. (laughs) You haven't even seen any talkies, mate. What are you talking about? (laughs) So, do you know of John Carpenter, though? I mean, have you heard the name? I only think I've heard it in relation to The Thing. Okay. And that might be a psychological thing because I've seen it on the DVD cover today. Rather than downloading it legitimately from one of the many entertainment avenues, MSN movies. Yeah, I thought I'd I'd pop into CEX mm. 
Hmm. Let's have a little look. And uh, I found it on uh, one of those DVDs. Wow, so you've yes. actually got a digitally versatile disc. Yeah, a spooky relic from the past. I don't know how it works, but it looks very cool. £1.50. £1.50? <laughs> yeah. Tell me there, Grandad. What your DVDs? Have you actually got a DVD collection still? No, not really. Or if I do, I don't know where it is. Like, it's <laughs> oh. probably in some loft somewhere. So currently you just have, like, the thing just out and about yeah. on a shelf, like... Floating. And then a bunch of Blu-rays that I buy from Poundland, because I... <laughs> I'm, it's too much of a good deal. Whoa, there's Blu-rays in Poundland? No, this is happening. I don't care if it's a waste of time. Let me go through my uh, my Poundland Blu-rays with you. And a lot of them are horror movies. I do like that this necessitated, like, it's a hang on a second, and there's a... <laughs> like, literally cartoon <laughs> noise, same defense. Everything fell over. Right, so these are the Blu-rays that I've acquired so far. They are all still in the cellophane wrapping. I don't know if you can... Uh, oh, why Sam why this thing I go home every Christmas and my dad does the same thing he's got like 10 new DVDs he just buys the new releases and doesn't open them never watch him so I have got The Haunting in Connecticut I mean I've heard of it hear that rattle I bought it on on DVD Saw 2 Saw 2 not the first one but the second Saw Sunshine on Leaf Different from the other ones. And Jason Statham in The Mechanic. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's all, a keeper. All £1 from Poundland. Are you saying you got £1 Blu-rays? £1 Blu-rays. £1 Blu-rays. How about Can that? I feel the quality of the £1 Blu-rays. Uh, they sound very horrible. They sound... Yeah. Uh, their, their noises betray their quality, Sam, is what I would say, you know? I don't have much of a physical media collection, really. Oh, um, in terms of films I find myself impairing mine down every single week and now it's just like it's down to a fine point there's like four or five load bearing DVDs that I think are actually very important to me and I'm just scattering them into the wind like dust mm. you know so you say you've heard of John Carpenter's name mostly from The Thing yeah did you recognise some of those other movies I mentioned like Escape from New York and They Live and The Fog um, I think I know the poster for Escape from New York okay. I think I know that because it's got <laughs> the Statue of Liberty on it it does yes well that is in New York that is a bit of a but the heads the heads come off it it has well it's, it's down there because the maniacs blew it up I think that was some people said something about that in Cloverfield how they did a similar thing and oh, it was yeah. like a tribute to Escape from New York is that great because if your director is a nerd you can rip something off from someone else and say oh look at him he's a nerd it's a tribute to some other nerd it's an homage yeah it's an homage <laughs> that I'm not giving credit until the people ask me what it's for very homage there I like it so Omelet du homage <laughs> you only know of John Carpenter through the thing so I'm assuming you've heard some baseline stuff about the thing before I mean what do you know about this movie you know sometimes I, I am tempted to educate myself about these things so that I don't embarrass myself but I know that that's not in the nature of the podcast and I haven't done that I think often I get confused mm-hmm. and for a long time and I might be okay about this a long time I thought the thing was one of the fantastic four <laughs> yes okay so I'm not wrong no you're I'm not. not wrong okay but you meant to call him Ben Grimm Sam come on okay I thought that it was the same thing like the the titular thing was in this okay. and also became part of the Fantastic Four. So you thought we were going to see kind of a, a romp with an orange rock type guy. Marvel origin story film. <laughs> Fucking hell. Wow. How long did you think that for? How long did you think that for? Quite a... Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> you see, I don't give much thought to some of these films, so I'm like, oh, The Thing. That must be about The Thing from the other thing that I've heard of. So are you telling me that because of that, you were like, I'm not going to bother watching it because I don't care for the Fantastic Four as much? I mean, e- <laughs> no, and even... Jessica Alba's not even in this one, mate. Like, come on. <laughs> like, the, the poster is quite iconic. And I always was thinking, like, why didn't they just put, like, the actual guy on there like the big <laughs> rock monster that would <laughs> that would sell it more clearly but <laughs> I don't understand why they haven't done that that's really bad marketing <laughs> guys go with your strengths accentuate the positives of the movie the thing yeah come on like, okay but it wasn't like today that I've realised that that's not the case but for a long time I had thought that that was what was going on with the thing because this is one that's been requested like people have brought this up time and time again asking us to cover it so as yeah. the timeline of this podcast will be like oh do the thing and you're like oh, I don't want to do that Marvel thing you know <laughs> I don't like that Marvel thing yeah probably in the lifetime of the wow. podcast has been where that thought has has been there so we can assume that your knowledge has since increased at least a little bit that you know that it's probably bit. a scary movie yeah do you know anything else about this I think I always thought it was a scary movie because the big rock man is scary. He's lovable. No, he's big and he hits. He's like a. He's like the Hulk, but rock. His catchphrase is "It's clobbering time." Okay, I've never. No one who <laughs> who foregoes G's is a bad guy. They're one of us. They're a dude with attitude. I've not seen any of his work. I thought maybe he was scary and then could have become good, become fantastic. <laughs> This is fucking... You've actually... I, I'm really worried now that you may have ruined this movie for me. <laughs> that I'm going to see some of these iconic sequences and be like, Whoa, it's clobbering time! Get them, Ben! Uh, There's no clobbering in this entire movie, is that what you're telling me? Oh, there's moderate well, don't, don't give anything away. No, there's oh. moderate clobbering. That's... that's uh, yeah. Take your spoilers, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, you know that it's a horror movie. We know that it doesn't yeah. include the origin story of one of the Fantastic Four. Regrettably, yeah. It's uh, not much to go on, Sam. Do you know anything about it at all? I know very little about it. I don't know who's in it. Ooh. I don't know what happens. Ooh. I have a sense that it takes place in winter. That it's cold. Okay, you're, you're, you're right there. It is very cold. Okay. I don't know where I've got that from. I think could that's be in, that's in the noggin. The cover has got a guy in a winter coat, so that could be Maybe it. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it certainly didn't have a big rock man. And it's got a very blue and and white type of cover, hasn't it? So very, uh, you know, mm. you know, those are cold, wintry colors, cold, aren't they? Cold colors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we know it's cold, and we know that it's not got scary. to do with Marvel, and it's scary. Uh, have people ever I mean do you know people who've seen this movie have people ever told you or went to you like oh god this is one you gotta watch or I mean I'm assuming not because I imagine any level of conversation about this movie would remove the assumption that Ben Grimm from fucking Fantastic Four is front and centre I think at one point when I was like 16 or something myself and a bunch of friends were around someone's house Mm -hmm. and they wanted to put on like a scary movie and it was a toss up between The Thing or The Hills Have Eyes oh for fuck's sake and I think they put The Hills Have Eyes on oh man because I think someone badmouthed The Thing I think someone was like nah it's not watch that and I was like alright let's not watch that because I didn't know you know the difference between these two films I didn't know so I just yeah The Hills Have Eyes was a bit rubbish I thought I I don't like The Hills Have Eyes was it the remake or was it the original was it like made kind of 2000s or was it it made in the 70s it looks reasonably modern so it's probably the the newer one that is such a fucking rubbish movie oh my god just can we go back in time can we pop in the DeLorean and go and tell those people that they're a bunch of fucking nerds with awful taste 
yeah, we ruining can. that sweet summer <laughs> of child Sam Chaplin's movie experience, making him watch that. I also know that there must have been a remake of it. Because while I was in CEX, I saw it on Blu-ray for £8, but it was bundled with the 2011 thing. Yes. The original and the new one. The new one's actually a prequel to oh, the one that we're about okay. to watch. But they're both called The Thing. I know, that's The Thing, because like, everyone assumed when they heard it, it was just called The Thing, and all the images were like the similar images. Oh, it's just a fucking reboot. Fuck that, I'm not going to go see it. I like the original, because the original is a very special movie. And it was actually a prequel, and I've not seen it as a result, and I feel kind of dumb by that, because it's like, god damn, I wouldn't mind actually watching the sequel to The Thing, but I got swept in with the anti-reboot train, you know? Yeah. If you're going to make a prequel, don't call it the same thing as the original. Like, imagine if Better Call Saul was just called Breaking Bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, when we're calling it The Thing, we're not big on specificity already. Or, I mean, it's vague as it was. They're probably petitioning just to call it there, you know. Do you want to watch The Thing? No, I want to watch The Other Thing. (laughs) Which other thing? The Thing! Oh, that thing. thing. It's still The Thing, but it's The Other Thing. It's not the original thing, it's the new thing. And yet the yoke remains sitting on a table, gathering (laughs) dust, as good as ever, I would say. This is really exciting for me because I don't want to say much because this movie is in some ways quite groundbreaking in some of the things that it does. It's noted for being quite unique in that it was really one of the first movies to take sci-fi and like, you know, not suspense horror like Alien. I'm talking about fucking horror as in horror. Right. And marry those two things together now when this movie came out it was absolutely panned people did not like it the critics trashed it but it's one of those ones that in the years that have come since it's been regarded as being like retrospectively a very important movie and most people consider it to be one of john carpenter's best if not his best movie so has it developed a cult following oh you wouldn't believe these people are drinking the kool-aid left and right because it's got a cult following so yeah i i'm gonna say right now I guarantee you, you're going to get scared. Boom. Okay. You're going to get scared, mate. You're going to get scared. <laughs> I'm pointing right at him through the internet. You're going to get scared, mate. Yeah? Good and proper. It's a big fucking claim. I'm now going to be really trying not to be scared. I'm going to be like, I don't, I'm not scared of this. I mean, part of me was kind of going, oh, no, just don't big it up, Kevin. Don't make it out like it's scary. But, I mean, it is spooky swirl. And I've said that it's the movie that scared me the most. So I want you thinking that I'm a, a big pansy, mate. Okay, so right. it's a proper tough one. This. Guarantee I'm going to get scared. <laughs> I guarantee you're going <laughs> to be scared. Let's go do a cinema swirl. And we're back. The thing, Sam, you got to tell me, first and foremost, right off the bat. Give it to me straight. Were you scared? I was scared at points, yeah. Yes! It was it was it was scary. Yes, there were, there... yes my friend was scared. <laughs> <laughs> it was all worth it if my friend got scared. <laughs> There were some scary bits. Some scary bits in there. Okay, mm. yeah. I mean, w- the scariest movie you've previously said has always been, you've always said it's been uh, The Shining that we've watched. Yeah. I was wondering in the kind of, on the scale of scary things, because there's different types of, 
of ooky chills, as we've discussed before. Could you yes. describe the fear, the potency of the fear, any gruesome details of your misery? I I think it it wasn't as unsettling as The Shining has been. I don't think it's going to have the same lasting effect. I, I, it's comparable to the Alien films to me in terms of the level of scare. Okay. But perhaps a bit more, a little bit more than that. There's, yeah. Uh, it, there's some really gross, gross stuff going on in this film. I think it's safe to say it's probably the, the grossest movie we've watched for Cinema Swirl. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, like, Freddy tried to do stuff like that, but, like, Freddy was, was often silly, whereas I believe that this is firmly, like, uh, a very... I, I mean, it's gory. I mean, I usually don't like gory movies. I mean, where, where do you stand on gore in movies? Is that something that's off-putting for you? Because, like, I'm actually quite squeamish sometimes when it gets a bit too gory in movies. I don't I don't mind a bit of gore, but I think sometimes, you know, when it's gore for gore's sake. Mm. Yeah, a bit much. Joe tried to get me to watch a movie called Tokyo Gore Police, and we had just sat down to eat a dinner. And yeah. we sat down and started off on, oh, that's very gory. And I turned to her and I go, is this going to be a gory movie? And she's like, well, yeah, Tokyo Gore Police is considered to be Mm. quite a gory movie. And I go, gory all the way through? Yeah, gory all the way through. So (laughs) we put it to one side and we watched Alice in Wonderland instead. You know, it just felt felt better, you know, better A lot less gory, that film. (laughs) Considerably less. I mean, still still deeply unsettling and visceral, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing begins with one of my favourite title sequences in a movie. Firstly, you've got that synth. We've got some uh, some Ennio Morricone in there, who we last encountered in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. I was convinced that this was, like, bullshit, that no way, like, because you can't have someone do a music from a spaghetti western and someone have do music with a monster that looks like spaghetti. That's just two <laughs> far-flung <laughs> concepts that surely couldn't come together. But, yes, it's true. The man has got range yeah i don't know if you know this about john carpenter but he's known as doing a lot of the music for his movies uh, he's a synth player and right he, he does and because this is an ominous synthy track i think a lot of people and myself included i always thought oh yeah john carpenter did the music for this because it's brooding dark 80s grungy synth and uh, no it's not yeah. it's not him at all nope. he he helped out a bit here and there but contributions were not the same as he was in other movies and we've got we've got kurt russell as hey, well. Do you see number four, Nathan? Yes, but I, I think I'm probably more familiar with old Kurt Russell than young Kurt Russell. Oh, you saw that awesome movie with him, didn't you? Uh, the one where he plays an old western singer. Yeah. Crazy Heart, Crazy Horse. No. Hor- heart of a Crazy Horse. I, I don't think I've seen Heart of a Crazy Horse. No, you've not seen Heart of a Crazy Horse? I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> and I have seen... The Hateful Eight. Those uh, <laughs> things I've seen. Well, you've seen the full range of Kurt Russell if you pop this movie in here as well. I mean, we might as well say it right now, Kurt Russell, he's a, he's a slab of prime meat right there. That's just, uh, you know, and that just gets better with age. He's a he's a cool, handsome man, is what I've learned about Kurt Russell. Yeah, a nice boy. Yeah, nice, nice boy. He's our lead in this, and I think he has played the everyman in multiple, multiple, multiple movies where it's just like, he's getting too old for this shit, or not on this fucking day, you know? Kind of the role that Bruce Willis settled into in the early 90s, you know? I like yeah. it. I like old Kurt Russell. He's a, he's a lovely rapscallion. Beautiful hair as well, and a beautiful beard. 
bit of a beard inspiration for me there, I must say. Yeah? Yeah. So we start off with this flying saucer, which I've settled on. Flying saucer is my, my favorite way to refer to aliens, <laughs> extraterrestrials, anything yeah. otherworldly. Flying saucer. Like, even vehicles, like, you know, in Star Wars, when Darth Vader and all the stormtroopers, they all get into their special saucers and fly off. <laughs> Against the X-Wing saucers that are also out there flying to take down the yeah. Death Saucer, which is a terrible, awful saucer uh, capable of it destroying the word. any crockery in the known galaxy at will. So, uh, yeah, that's my favourite. When I saw this saucer um, at the beginning <laughs> of the movie, I, th- I thought, is this a space movie? Uh, is this space-based? Is this what we're getting into? But, yeah, it's not It's not really... It's not space-based. It's not no, space. It, it's, it's not space. It's, it's one of its faces is from space, but it's not space 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 like you know but <laughs> here you know the really cool reveal of the actual the title the thing it goes all yeah that is one of my absolute faves and doubly so because i always thought it must have been some sort of like oh hollywood special effects or or digital technology or something like that do you know how they did that how did they do it they got a stencil a load of old bin bags and a big light behind it and they just set the bin bags on fire and sped up the footage and it looks yeah. fucking fabulous there you go that's pretty cool i think there's a there's a lot of practical effects in this i think this is very tangible and real looking well not real looking but you know what i mean oh i mean that's like my favorite thing about the effects and most of this movie is that of course if they were doing it these days it'd all be special effects but this is back when it was you know effects that were particularly special in their own right you know i much prefer it yeah we'd have cgi sources wouldn't we out the wazoo but now we've got real sources straight from the uh straight from the the director's cup like you know (laughs) i mean john carpenter had barely had time to bless himself and his good saucer was being hurled across the galaxy i love it because when it's something that's practical like that and tangible and real i always prefer that because i always in the back of my mind just imagine the director making it with their dad on a weekend for a big project <laughs> like kind of like going what are the boys getting up to now oh dad we've made a giant terrifying monster of of, of deeply unsettling values in nature oh yep. god wow great job guys Gonna take that to the fate at the weekend, are you? If you look in the uh, in the credits, there is a little um, thing there that that Mister Carpenter helps with some of the gunk. Like you know, he <laughs> he can't, he helped his son out in this in this film. <laughs> so picture him like elbow deep in a load of gack on way. <laughs> <laughs> It started off as a birthday present and a weekend project, and it just snowballed from there, and then it mm. became a feature movie, you know? It became a thing, yeah. Um, so, for a long time watching this film, I was watching it on my CEX DVD, and it was quite a small, like, aspect ratio. It was kind of in the middle of the screen, kind of squashed up. Oh, dear. It was still viewable, but it was like a, literally like a letterbox, like I was looking through a letterbox. Oh, that's, that's strange. Did he not look at the disc properly when he sold it to you? <laughs> that's kind of the, that's the one too, isn't it? Like, you know. But honestly, for about 20 minutes, I was like, well, this is a stylistic choice. It's going to expand eventually, but this this first bit is in this window box format. What? This going to be like a musical number where a guy comes in and goes, hey guys, I want you to think of things. Are we a little bit cramped up in here? Push it out in the different bit. Yeah. I thought that would happen. Well, alas, I not thought there was a reason for it. But no, I was just watching it a bit squashed up. It was fine, but it was just like in the middle of my TV. I don't know so, why. Was it like that your movie had been hit by a thwomp? What, like, or, yeah, you know, really just bang, crushed it down, you know? <laughs> Those are good thwomp noises. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was like that. And I, I might take it back and try and get my £1.50. 
I'm just saying, like, you come in and be like, oh, mate, this has been this has been thwomped. And the yeah. guy looks at it and he's like, you know, I see nothing wrong with that. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you demand your money back, Sam. You can get mm. it. This movie is mostly set in the Antarctica during winter. So it's like cold as you perceive it with an extra layer of cold that you can't possibly conceive. So I'm going to say... Yeah. Probably colder than last night when it was particularly chilly here in Manchester. It was, it was, it was chilly d- down here as well. Oh, goodness. Well, thanks for tuning in to Cinema Swirl, everyone. And we'll see you next week <laughs> with an update on the shipping routes. Do you like it to be, and this is a, forgive the phrasing, a hot button issue here. Do you prefer it to be too hot or do you like it to be too cold? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking radio phone in. <laughs> and questions. Miriam has texted in here to say that she likes it too hot. And John in Mary Ryan has written in to say he actually likes it too cold. Well, John, I don't know about that myself. I just become Terry Wogan basically with these line yeah. of questions. But tell me now, Sam, if you were there now at the weekend, would you like it to be a bit too hot or would you like it a bit cold? Well, hi, hi there, um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I just wanted to say that I, I like it a bit cold at night. Really? Uh, hey! I, prefer, I prefer the cold. You know, it's uh, hot. It's, it's too hot. Too hot to handle. I, I might say. <laughs> Sam, there now. I love that when when they do that. They're like, you know what? This has gone nowhere. It's going, <laughs> and they they fade in something over you, like kind of this big like music plays for a second and they bring it back down like kind of your bit's over now you know yeah, <laughs> after after you the, go. the host with his questions I used to listen to classic radio back in Ireland where I drove around because I hated most of the stations on my radio so I used to listen to the classic one I was like I enjoyed the classic one it's the classical music feels like you're driving in a documentary most of the time it's very <coughs> pleasing um, except yep. the one problem was that now and then you would have Collins and they would have really banal stuff like that and there was an entire week when RTE classic FM's morning radio show was brought to us by Flanavan's Oats. So Flanavan's Oats had to be the, the theme. <laughs> and the, the week-long, do you, do you, could you imagine, Sam, what the week-long question, not just a day, week-long texts, emails, early days of social media, what was the hot-button question do you think that they were asking in conjunction with Flanavan's Oats? Was it like, do you like oats? Oh, well, obviously they like oats, Sam. How do you have your oats? Boom, right there, nail on the head, okay, great content. Yeah. How do you take your oats and welcome back here 7am it's drive time here on Classic FM week. John in Knocknacarra has his with uh, jam in the morning so there's that isn't that a thing I remember thinking this is the funniest thing ever and telling my dad you know going, dad mm. you know because my dad likes porridge you see and I thought it would be like kind of a way to connect with dad like dad I've got a porridge anecdote for you here and I told it to him and he didn't see why it was funny and then he very seriously just turned to me and went well you know a lot of people are very passionate about <laughs> porridge though Kevin and that was kind of the end of that you know how do you take your porridge I don't really have porridge mate oh jeez it's not in my uh... wait you like it too cold but you don't like porridge yeah I'm just saying next time you're cold let's do a fucking podcast about porridge mate. porridge cast yeah come on eat, eat some porridge you've missed out on all the porridge yeah we can eat some porridge each week I'll show you a new porridge. You can show me a new episode of porridge because, you know, yep. you've been English and all that. You know, all you've got is your culture. Cultural exchange. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
So we've established that. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we're not like, Antarctica. It's, it's cold. too cold. That's, so we're in, we're in favourable territory here. Home turf advantage. I like it too cold as well, you know. Yeah. Helicopter chases a dog. And I think we can assume from this, from the get-go, Sam, that he is not a good boy. Not a good boy indeed. No, I wrote down, is the, is the husky dog the thing? Question mark. Thinking that was going to be a silly, funny question. But it turns out I was dead right, and I'm a clever boy for figuring it out within the first few minutes of the film. The, it's the dog. It's the dog what done it. You know, in fairness, though, like, it's not like you've been given a guess who of like potential, like, who could it be? And you've done all the equations it's the in first the air. Thing I see. It's like, oh, the thing that these people are chasing in a helicopter with fucking That's guns. That's the thing. That's the, the, the titular thing. I mean, it's a fairly safe bet, like. Mm. We get introduced to McCready, and he is playing some computer chess, having a go yes. there. Yes. We are in the 80s. Exactly, where Deep Blue was on everyone's thoughts and minds. Have mm. you heard of that new AI that was in the news? The new AI that, they, that they've announced? That came out ages ago. No, no, that no. Was, there was uh, another new one this morning, though, because it can teach itself. It can. This, this new AI. Right. This new AI can teach itself from the ground up. And from what I believe, it was able to teach itself all the rules of Pokemon Go in right. uh, just three days. So, you know, that's pretty fascinating like and the world's top players can't beat it in pokemon go now can you imagine right you say this right but pokemon go keeps coming out with updates on the reg how's this fucking computer robot piece of shit gonna keep up with that how's it gonna right this (laughs) there's raid battles is this little ai gonna get all of its other ai buddies to come and get a charizard no i don't think so so you know Sorry, I just had to take a screenshot of you there. Uh, this is one of the benefits of this, is that <laughs> Sam with headphones on, talking right into a microphone, makes for really... like Yeah, you're fucking phonies! You're fucking phonies! <laughs> and you talk it's like Sam Chaplin, a serious Pokemon Go player with a message for the haters. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does st- feel a bit like... InfoWars wearing these headphones it and like does. having a rant into a microphone. It's, yeah. Speaking of, if you ever want to uh, buy any, oh shit, we need loads of products to sell before we can actually do this upselling thing like an InfoWars. Yeah, we don't. We don't have everything. Damn it! We went there. Yeah. We put the the horse in front of the barn as once again. Damn it! <laughs> as a matter of interest, do you still play Pokemon Go? No. How about uh, me, Tomo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Figure on the buzzers there, folks. So he loses a game of chess and he calls it a bitch and pours whiskey on it and it breaks. The voice of the computer chess is the only female character in the entire movie. Oh, God. (laughs) And he calls it a bitch and pours whiskey on it. Oh, dear. The total sausage fest, this fucking movie, like, you know? Maybe, like, the thing can't actually imitate women. It can only imitate men and dogs. <laughs> and it was like, Jesus Christ, that was a close shave, like. <laughs> Good thing I landed yeah. in the 80s, like, you know? <laughs> so, all the folks come out of the station. They're hearing a, a brouhaha, a re-raw August rulia as they would say in Irish, for miscellaneous noises. Norwegian helicopter they spotted as. They're nading yep. everywhere. They're throwing nades left, right, and center. And they throw so many nades. They're shooting things as well. 
<laughs> they shoot things. They're nading things, but they go a little bit nade mad. They end up nading themselves, you know. So mm. uh, they blow up their own helicopter, and like the guy even shoots someone to get to the dog. And because he's screaming in Norwegian, they all assume he's a madman. So here's a little little fun fact for you. Mm. When I was watching this, my my brother was here. He didn't watch it with me, but he's a big fan of the thing. Oh. And so when I was about to watch it, he was like about to start telling me stuff. I was like, don't don't tell me anything. But when it finished, he was like, can I tell you one of my facts about the thing? I was like, yeah, fine. The Norwegian man saying all this stuff in Norwegian, Mm -hmm. apparently it completely spoils the entire plot of the film. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just like the synopsis, but in Norwegian. But yeah, that's a fun little fact. I don't know if that's true, but that would be kind of quite a funny (laughs) thing to do. John Carpenter's underrated 1980 classic, The First Man major film he did with a major studio <laughs> he gives blurbs like yield quotes from the critics as well you know the time said it was refreshing <laughs> imagine going to see that with like your norwegian friend and you like being like oh that was a great film what do you think of that well they ruined it like <laughs> really early on honestly i i know i've only ever known one person in my life who speaks norwegian and okay. the one movie i went to them they actually ruined with someone else so they're dead maybe to me. it's a yeah. It's a Norwegian trait to ruin movies. Maybe it is like uh, I don't, you know we don't know what they do over over there in Norway. You know with their uh, confusing relationship with the European Union that we're trying to emulate and distance ourselves from at the same time. Like, this feels like really neat, really mild racism. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking spoil movies. Is what they do. <laughs> Oh, those Norwegians always spoiling movies. What I quite like about this is that I've kind of gotten used to it, you know, watching this movie so many times, but I always get a kick out of seeing the fact that an old-timey sheriff shoots this Norwegian guy, like, from... He's like he's wandered in from another movie. He's like an old chief of police or something. He's just missing his silver badge and his cowboy hat, like, with his beige outfit. I love it. I feel like I've seen that guy before. I don't know where. He looks quite like, um... Have you seen Six Feet Under? No. Or have you seen... American Horror Story Season 2 Is that the one in the asylum? Yeah, the one in the asylum Yeah, I have seen that Yeah, I think he looks quite like the guy who plays uh, the doctor in that He's in a million things But I don't think it yeah. is him As far as I know no. him So, yeah It looks, yeah, vaguely familiar I'm sure someone will will tell us, you know, at some point mm. So, my reckoning to this is Obviously, this Norwegian gentleman is not a dog person <laughs> <laughs> I'm com- coming around on dogs slowly I used to detest dogs and actually be scared of dogs now Did you? I found yeah uh, now I find yeah. myself thinking that they're a little bit cute you know a little bit cute don't want yeah. don't want one don't, don't want one near no. me if I was in the same room as one I'd still probably get anxious but they can be cute in a picture I think I'm in the same same kind of boat with regards to dogs like they're alright but yeah. I, don't, I don't want one. No. All right. Yeah, fine. I think they yeah. bring out the worst in me. No, I just, no, I, too much responsibility. <laughs> I think they're too nice. Mm. I need I need an arsehole pet. That's why cats are, mm. are, are the choice for me, like. A lumberjack befriends the dogger and takes him away to his special little pen. Oh, we get a lovely close-up as the doctor is stitching up the man who was shot. Seems pretty much okay for the rest of the movie. In fact, he got shot in the leg. Yeah, he recovers pre- pretty quickly from that. Ah, you'll be fine. It's a flesh wound, yeah? Yeah, it's it's alright. They go off to investigate what's happened with these Norwegians, right? Yeah. They head off in in the chopper. The little husky dog hide in. He doesn't want to... And that was where I was like, they're focusing a lot on this dog. Yes. The dog is the baddie. (laughs) 
the do- <laughs> I mean, the dog's gonna kill everyone. Is Kevin just showing me a film about a bad dog? Is it that is. What's happening? It's a very bad dog. It's a bad. It's yeah. a bad dog. He's he's got problems. This dog. It's not a good boy. When people are asking where is a good boy, it's not here because he's he's not here. Okay, or who's a good boy? not him okay so we can ignore that dog he's a bad dog they decided that the reason probably that the norwegian guys have been doing this is that they've had cabin fever which is kind of like an earth-based version of space madness which is based locally here on uh, on planet earth mcready the doc and the sheriff are all wandering around avana luke inside this burnt out horrible norwegian base which has been ravaged it's all burnt up it's all icy and creepy Fun fact, when they were actually filming this, this is the bit they filmed last, and this is just the burnt remnants of the base that they burnt on the set for the finale. So they just went back to the... Ah. Yeah. So they didn't make two bases, they just burnt That's one. That's very resourceful, yeah, isn't it? Very, very good. Yeah. I mean, if, there, if there was going to be a cabin to get cabin fever, it's in that cabin, because it's all... <laughs> all fucked up and weird isn't it i've heard the cabin in the woods is also quite a feverish cabin as well from mm. from what i recall as well i mean for one they shouldn't be up there in that whirly bird whirly bird is my new favorite widely used word for helicopter uh, if you're a real chopper head like me you know that whirly bird is accepted nomenclature but they shouldn't be up there in that weather the, the sky is like glass up there and they're just they're playing russian roulette with their lives the sky is like actual Gas, glass. gas, glass is what it's like. It's awful. So they find a massive glacier mint, like huge, like foxes. Something went wrong down <laughs> at the factory. Get all your nans, even the ones you don't really like because they're sort of racist. Get them all in there. Show them some pictures of Cliff Richard. Get them salivating and the gums all juicy. And just get them on that fucking glacier mint. Because it's so big, it'll be the end of all of us. I mean, they, they also find a sort of frozen, fucked up man. But mainly I was concerned about this big... It Like, it's it to me, it looked like a really nice sort of ice bath. It was like a... <laughs> You could have a big lie down in it and and get all comfy. It was nice. It was just this big ice hole. I didn't understand why that was spooky or scary initially. I was just like, oh, that's there's a big chunk of ice with a nice. Why groove would they in be it. digging out? Like, why would there be a big, a perfectly big block of ice like that? It's not. That's not for me to think about. <laughs> It is! You're the audience! It's none of my concern. When they show you the scene, that's literally John Carpenter going, why don't you think about this a little bit, huh? Why don't you have a little thing about this? And you slap him in the face with your neglect. How dare you? No, it looks like a big bath, mate. (laughs) That's what I'm settling on. So they come back, back to base. They've gotten some papers. They've gotten some videotapes, which they're going to have a look over. And the dog is staring intently, which made me think, well, maybe the dog is just a whirly bird enthusiast like me. And that made me think about a dog (laughs) who going up in a helicopter, which was a... A very fun image. A very fun image indeed. And that was my life throughout the rest of this movie. Just thinking about a dog in a helicopter. Yeah. Sorry, dog in a, whir- in a whirly bird. There you go. Hey, it's okay. You can use the term. It's all right. You're a chopper head. I can tell. Deep down. They, <laughs> they've they taken back the, uh, the scary burnt mess that they found, haven't they? Oh, it's a barbecue sauce covered the nightmare, f- Sam. It's fucking <laughs> horrid. Like, do you ever go, go to really bad Chinese and order the ribs and it's like these dusty black bones like with some sort of meat? Is this? But, 
That's what they've got. Yeah. And they Can you imagine <laughs> sinking your teeth into that thing? Like, I wish I could show you an image of it right now, like, because you know it'd be crispy as fuck, like, and all yeah, sticky you w- and, oh. Imagine being served that in the Hooters in Nottingham, because I just, I think, I think being served in a Hooters is an inherently depressing experience. The fact that there's a Hooters in Nottingham, and it's in a particularly, like, bleak corner of town, like, near a big bridge, mm. kind of away from everything, like, it's tucked away, all ashamed. I feel like that is possibly the saddest place on earth. I've never never been to Hooters ever, any Hooters, but I, I didn't realise for a long time that, that that Hooters in Nottingham is the only Hooters in the UK. Yeah! It's like the last one. I don't know, I, I assume there must have been more. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just like, let's start in Nottingham and yeah. never expand. Like, like, there's a guy who's like kind of doing this big pitch in the Hooters boardroom and he's like, well, okay guys, I'm talking about a soft, soft, soft... <laughs> barely uh, breaking in at all breaking in of the UK yeah. we set up a location in Nottingham thank you for your time ladies and gentlemen the rest of the information is in your folders and laminates that's providers. the plan <laughs> that's the plan for your attention the two faces that are kind of splitting in the middle of it very grotesque to me it looked like the tragedy and comedy masks you know like but all like melted down and gone wrong it's horrible it, is, it says a lot about kind of duality you know the very mystical deep thought of there being a, a yin and a yan which is a swirly bit and an upside down swirly bit with different coloured yep. dots the very ancient belief of that for me it just screamed vintage Leto you know uh, Jared Leto once again the duality where does the man begin and the joker end I mean it's all one just stream of energy really when you think about it he can really convey a lot of depth in that character because as well as being a bad villain he, he also likes a laugh doesn't he he does That's- yeah he does I don't know how you'd even begin to act that. And also, as well, something interesting I found out in the new Blade Runner movie, where Jared Leto, um, obviously wowing the bigwigs at Hollywood and all the boffins making Blade Runner, uh, he stars in it as one of the villains. And originally, the role was written for uh, for David Bowie. And I said to thank the directors and the makers because I thought it was a, it was a very brave choice, and a very strong choice, and a courageous choice to cast. Jared Leto in that movie. They're pretty much the same thing, those two, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Like you know, Mu- musical heroes and reliable actors. So yeah, you know, I barely know that he is a musical hero, and I decided, <laughs> you know, I'm just like I heard like hat is like, oh, he's part of that band. Oh, which band? You know that one. Uh, I just, I'll assume it's easier. I did it with the Joker, and it got me this far. So. D- down here, I've written down a thousand miles from nowhere, but it's more like thirty seconds to Mars, isn't it? Oy! You know, hey, good, good night. <laughs> Deep cuts. <laughs> so there's still no radio, and in the meantime, to amuse themselves, they cut and remove the icky slime sacks and pustules from this horrible nightmare that is before them. Yeah, they're pulling out all the all the guts and gunk, and they're like, "Oh, this it's actually a normal man. He's got all the." regular stuff we're just pulling out all the organs they're all fine i'm like they don't look fine they don't look like normal organs a little bit gooey my organs are kind of cartoony i always thought like i've played operation enough times to know that that's not what organs look like i i had my dinner really early today and a little bit too early i think because i did get hungry as he was listing like little hearts and kidneys lovely bit of liver you know maybe have it with some caramelized onions oh goodness great (laughs) fantastic stuff so they are dwindling their time away in this isolated area in the Antarctic and the theme of isolation is a very important one and uh, watching old reruns of Wheel of Fortune on VHS very much the prototypical uh, prehistoric Netflix of its day. Yeah, just a big stack of tapes of rubbish TV. And usually instead what would happen is you'd have to ask your mate or if you're on your own, yourself, 
if you're still watching and then go, of course I fucking am, you know, and then yeah. you have to press play again and resume. I think if I was in that kind of base and needed to while away some time, I wouldn't be opposed to just endless VHS tapes of pointless and tipping point. Mm. And, may- and, ma- and maybe the chase. Yeah, I think the chase could work. You know, there's enough drama yeah. in the chase. Bare minimum requisite amount of drama to get commissioned for 800 seasons. Because there's, <laughs> there's so much, like, prestige TV on at the moment. On, like, Netflix and Amazon Prime and, like, HBO. All these channels. Yeah, yeah. That I, ha- I have access to. Mm. And yet I will... Like, my Sky Planner is just full of every episode of Pointless that has been on. And that's what I have to... I love I love Pointless. No, so it's good because you like, need to have that kind of... The light, the light kind of stuff. Like, because if you're just watching all yeah. Prestige TV, you get... It's very dense and you end up kind of like zoning out a bit of it. And then it's kind of like, oh, did you really, really get Daredevil Season 2, though? Did you? Did you really get it? Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the Avengers miniseries event? I mean, so you need some light to balance out. That's why right now, like, we're about to watch um, The Young Pope... And we're watching episodes of Lost as well. Like something crap and old and rubbish and of no value. Just to to have on the background. Almost like white noise, basically. Like, you know, if I could have the noise of rain just instead, I'd watch that. But I'll settle for for Lost, which is of no value. Look, I know know that you're deliberately trying to hurt me and I'm not going to rise to it. It's it's fine. You've got your opinion and you're you're fucking wrong. But let's keep doing this podcast. (laughs) Um, we're too far into it now. <laughs> Come on now, we're in it now. Like we're we're I'm ankle deep out. in it now. Come on, our coats are on. <laughs> the dog is put with the others, and he acts kind of aloof. And then the other dogs make a ruckus. It's interesting the way that dogs and animals can always tell when something's about to transform into a monster, kind of before yeah. humans can. It's weird, isn't it? Like in nature, they just can pick up on on that kind of monstrosity that's impending. I mean, is that... I was going to say, is that scientifically accurate? But there's not really any, like, you know, monsters coming to life. But, I mean, dogs can pick up on shady shit better than humans, right? Oh, yeah, no, they did a... actual life. They did, like, a a qualitative analysis of 100 farmers going, what's that, Blue? You hear something? (laughs) And they found that there was actually a positive uh, relationship between those two variables. So, uh, yeah... (laughs) Oh, also as well, for a fact, uh, that word, aloof, is my new favourite word. Because I like to go, aloof. What, only one? (laughs) (laughs) I need at least four loofs. I'm fucking starving. Uh... So the dog kind of gets peeled back to reveal a chitinous monstrosity of a nightmare. It's that thing that we've experienced in Alien of a head coming out of an outer head. You know, yeah. There's layers and layers of Alien in this thing. It's yucky. And it pisses everywhere as well. It's like... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, throwing out gack all over the place. When its legs came out and they were kind of insect-looking legs, Mm. that upset me. And then the spaghetti... And the noises as well. The noises is what's always got me as a kid. I'd hear those noises when I'd close my eyes and I would just get unsettled, like... Yeah. It's like they, they did a super cut of all the most upsetting parts of the animal kingdom. The bits that no one likes. Like the weird legs of an insect and the kind of the sliminess of kind of gastropods and the like tentacles and stuff like that from like yeah. kind of you know cephalopody type things. And it's just like Ugh, it's it's all the it's the worst of everything and yeah, you had to have a pretty strong stomach not to see that and get all fucking ooked out. 
I think it looks fabulous. Like <laughs> Kevin, you were mentioning a lot of things there. This is a podcast, not a cephala podcast. Yeah, Way! that's a great name. Jesus, we should do a podcast just about cephalopods and call it the Cephala Podcast. I don't know what a cephalopod is. Like uh, an octopus? That would be a cephalopod. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very scared of sea creatures. By oh, the way. there's some any gnarly kind of- shit down there. Yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, to the point where <laughs> I was, and probably still am, a bit freaked out by seaweed. Oh, yeah, that feel of seaweed. Standing on seaweeds on the beach is a Don't horrible like thing. Oh, yeah, it is it is like, even though, like, you could look at it and go, that's seaweed, it's fine. And you could, like, you mm. can, I can, I've eaten seaweed and I could eat it, but, oh, it's seaweed, it's fine. I've, I did I a whole course it. about it, about seaweed and all that. But if I feel it, it's the textures to withstand underwater in those environments. The textures are so unpleasant to touch and it just sets me off. Oh my God, you look so upset. I'm very sorry to <laughs> drag this bit out like. And that's that's probably what it's like to touch this dog alien, isn't it? There's a probably a bit of the seaweed demon. texture in there. It's fucking horrible. This dog demon is basically the physical manifestation of my thoughts and feelings after the vomiting story from our previous episode, which was a very alarming story. I was chatting with a friend of mine about that, and he said that he felt like it was the final boss of vomit that I took on. Like, and now, like, that's it. I've beaten the game. Like, so unless there's a boss rush or some DLC on the horizon. I have beaten vomiting. That's it, like, you know, the final form. Congratulations. Thanks! They all shoot the fuck out of that horrible dog. And Keith David brings the flamethrower. I can't overstate how gross this thing is. It is yucky, isn't it? I mean, this is the first time you see it as well, so I think it's probably one of the strongest moments in the movie. I mean, when you saw this, was there a bit of, "Uh uh-oh, this is the movie? Or were you on board with it? No, I think I was on board with it. Like, when they showed them with the burnt burnt man thing, Mm. the all messed up man, and they they didn't really show all of it. They kind of showed some less of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, okay, this is going to be one of those movies where it's kind of less is more they're a bit subtle about it and then that very like next scene it's like oh here's the gross fucked up dog alien look at how disgusting it is it's just it's horrific people at the time thought it was like horror movies going too far and it being pure shock value and it being derived of any sort of atmosphere as a result of that because it was just like barf bag over the top grossness I think there is yeah there is a case for that it's a bit over the top really it could have been silly and there was one bit where it goes up into the roof yeah it grows its arms and it jumps up into the roof yeah and that movement looked kind of funny to me I'm going up even though it's very kind of it's just a big lump of guts and spaghetti I was still kind of scared by it you didn't look at that and kind of go ah that's just a silly old you know if you saw that in context that would be like a Jesus press X it looks like it's not safe for work like you know it's it's yeah (laughs) so they burn it down and they have another autopsy way now this scene with the autopsy where it's this big massive mound of all these different burnt up bits Okay, rewatch this scene with the music from either Man vs. Food or Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives <laughs> and be like, I'm here in Rune Tune, Georgia and about to tangle the 16 pound dog pound from hell challenge. When the guy's going through it, I think it's, uh, is it Blair going yep. through it? Blair's the kind of head researcher, yeah. He's opening it up and he's going, oh, ugh, oh, <laughs> but then I suppose if you had that music underneath it, it'd be like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it's, it could be quite. If nice. we cut that in with reaction shots of Guy Fieri going, oh, 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 oh man, this thing just I'm went in to Flavor Town now. <laughs> Are you sure this thing's from outer space? Because I think it's from Flavor Town. <laughs> 
And then people are like, oh, your fucking, your food and your brand was the real monster all along, Guy Fieri. So, uh, layer after layer of hell and molten cheese. That's what's inside here. It's fucking horrible. And I must say, Blair is fairly, he's fairly smart with this. He's figured it out quite quickly. That it attacked and digested the other dogs and was midway through transforming into those dogs. That's great yeah. work. Really. Yeah. Fucking A. There's, it's imitating the dogs and very <laughs> woof, quickly. Woof, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we come to the conclusion that, well, if it can imitate dogs, it can imitate cats. And if it can imitate cats, then it can imitate humans, can't it? And if so, it can imitate humans, you know it can imitate voles. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be widespread. And can it imitate sources? Who knows? <laughs> the number deck says the dog was normal, and straight away, bam, we get hit. This is the other undercurrent of this whole movie. You've got isolation, and then paranoia, suspicion. Everyone hmm. starts to think, as soon as this idea is brought up, that it can imitate. Well, the lumberjack said the dog was fine, and he was with the dog for an hour and a bit. Jack Hughes! Mm. Now, there yeah, was a- Jack Hughes is in that <laughs> film as well. So <laughs> I wouldn't trust Jack Hughes as far as I could throw him. <laughs> Not as far as I could throw him. He's as crookish as them roundy biscuits. No way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> they start watching the Norwegian videos and it's like them like on their family holiday excavating a UFO and taking out this big mm. flying saucer excavating the thing so uh, they decide to go have a little bit of a visit yeah hop, do they hop in the chopper again they do they, they pop up chop in, the, in the whirly birds they go up there yeah. even though you know logic would dictate that the air is like glass as we have said and one guy figures out it's been there for a hundred thousand years how does he know that? He kind of gives a really garbled explanation. He's like, well, some of the things have been around here and, did, and because of how much it's been excavated, 100,000 years. But I think, yeah, I didn't really... <laughs> I think it was kind of like he was saying like the amount of excavation that had taken place like relative right. to the buildup of the ice meant that the ice down there could have been a certain age. I know that they can they age ice from the depth of it. That's what they do when they go up there the arctic looking good up there at the moment really good with the ice up in the arctic looking real good i mean when i get ice in my uh my large fanta at say a mcdonald's i, I sometimes look at it well this has been here a hundred thousand years by the by the look of it and that's why global warming ain't no thing but a chicken wing okay it's <laughs> this is some old ice <laughs> let's go to the cinema dumbies okay we can freeze as much ice as we need we have the technology yeah. we have ice boxes so, Kevin, I've got a question for you. Yep. Uh, do, you, do you believe all this voodoo bullshit? <laughs> it's great. It's like my favourite line in the movie. Keith Davis going, do you believe in this voodoo bullshit? And I love his... He's got such a great fucking voice, Keith David. Do you recognise mm. his voice from anywhere? No. He has actually narrated quite a few WWE video packages, documentaries, WrestleMania. Ah, okay. The story of the greatest thing. He's, he's got this perfect fucking amazing deep beautiful voice and i'm so happy that wwe have utilized mr keith david in that capacity keith david also a jazz singer of note he's a very very capable man is keith david is there a wrestler called voodoo bullshit because uh, there should be <laughs> voodoo bullshit more sounds like a tag team name than, 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 than yeah than i guess tag. so 
So yeah, Keith David doesn't believe in this voodoo bullshit, and he certainly hopes that Blair doesn't believe in this voodoo bullshit as well. I think we see Blair watching this computer program. It looks like a computer game. Kind of, I called it, it was Cell Intruder on the Atari 2600 he was playing. Yeah, it looks fun. It's like Cell, Dog, Assimilation Complete, all these creepy looking pixels. But what is that that he's looking at? Is that some kind of like educational CD-ROM that he's got there? Like a a floppy disk with some... Uh, What they're trying to show there is that he's running like a computer simulation model which is right if we know that it has these certain traits and then it runs it crunches the numbers bim bam boom and it's like it's gonna you know destroy everything on earth in so much of amount of a time if these eight pixels can become these 12 pixels then we're all fucked pretty much and we get the ominous phrase assimilation complete which is the new name mm. of my black metal grindcore album which you can expect <laughs> this fall I'll tell you what, Sam. I went up to try and find what's a fun name of metal, what's a fun type of metal, and I typed in what's the fastest type of metal, and I found a list of 300 different types of metal, and I've only I've only read a few, and I'm having a great time. Steel, <laughs> nickel, iron, uh, uh, iron, iron. Uh, there's also gold, tin. tin? Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, and there's lead. A, a le- lead's not technically a metal. It's a, lead. It's a, it's a non-metal. So we've got those what? in there as well. So the computer makes some pretty bold predictions, which seems to make Blair go mad. It's amazing that someone who could be so brilliant and figure out so much shit in like a day is like, well. Time to get the gun. I'm off the deep end. I've done my work. I mean, if, if you... I suppose if you knew that if you didn't sort this bloody mess out, then everyone will die. Like the entire world's population is, is in, in deep trouble if you, if this doesn't get contained quick. You'd, you'd probably start, you know... Smashing up. Going a bit loopy, wouldn't you? A little bit last day at work, like, you know? <laughs> Gonna eat pussy on the wall after all this. You know, he's gonna be a real, a real vandal, a real rogue. Yeah. He's such a massive knob. He's gonna draw on the snow. He's gonna draw it with his own piss as well. He's not having any more mm. of this guff. So they figured out that they're they're alarmed because they found some drawers, which is a great phrase for underwear. Uh, Will yeah. always called his undies drawers in the Fresh Prince as well. So drawers is like my favorite phrase for underwear. Well, it's funny because you can have a you can have a drawer full of drawers, can't you? Exactly. My drawer drawers, drawer square. You put your drawers in your drawer drawers exactly and if your name is George uh, that's going to be very, very <laughs> Georgie Dawes what are the scores <laughs> so they are not burning any of the bodies or the remains and the guy's like are you kidding me someone there is going to win the Nobel Prize in mm. what nightmares yeah and the Nobel Prize for really <laughs> fucking weird shit dude <laughs> me and the other laureates freaked the fuck out when we saw this mm. But we, it starts kind of leaking, it, and you can tell that it's it's alive and it's going to cause some problems. And Blair's turned into a Roman, so they decided they're going to need to burn the stuff or it's not dead. And also, they need to sort out this creep Blair who's uh, who's gone off the deep end. Yeah. One of the lads gets all fucked up and goes missing and nearly... Cut, he gets... Like, he does a scary noise out of his mouth, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he's... Benny gets killed, and he right. kind of gets call, covered in, like, a jelly, like, two watery jellies. Like, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then the thing is transforming into him and running out, and they cut him just at the end. Just right. at the end. Like, you know, like someone knocks on the door just when you're about to finish your squat, like, and get it all out yeah. of you. And then you hear the knock on the door, and you, you make the same noise, don't you? You know what I mean. You know when you're just there, and you hear the knock on the you know you make a noise like a metro link you know you make a noise like a tram service 
So they, um, so they burn him. They burn. They burn everything. They have they a burn cookout. All of they stuff. have a proper cookout. And so at that point, the credits roll and the film's over because they've burnt everything. It's all sorted. Yeah, having a big yeah. cookout. So they popped in their Cadillac and went down historic route sixty-six. Well, I had a nice time watching the thing. <laughs> so this seems like this whole situation of this cookout seems like a meeting of people who are held accountable for the war in Iraq. Why is that, you I, ask? Because yeah. it's no Blair. Where is Blair? He's not I, there. <laughs> Read between the lines, sheeple. Wake up! I have a thing here that says that because he's turning everyone against each other, that Blair seems to be instigating an unnecessary war, lol. <laughs> That's my... <laughs> That's my notes. If there is like a Scottish lad and he said that he can be the head scientist and then he says, no, actually, I want to be the head scientist instead, then we know he's definitely Blair through and through. Mm. Blair's, Blair's smashing all the technology and all the all the computers and radios and stuff. He's just hitting, he's having hitting a, things. He's having a little bit of SNS, smashing a skulk, you know, smashing yeah. some things, skulks <laughs> away. He de-hellied the copter. Now, I don't like seeing a whirly bird cut down in the prime of her life, Sam. No, you're a big... You can't clip the bird's wings, you know? You, you gotta let the eagle soar, man. You gotta let it soar, you know? You gotta let the eagle rotate its wings around very fast and hover up and fly away. Sad. Mm. Very sad. Now, the solution to this problem, to the to the Blair problem, which, you know, I wish the, the British public had, had thought of, is just, just lock him in the shed. Just, just pop him in the shed, don't let him out. That'll do it. <laughs> now it's Gordon's turn. You stay there. <laughs> stay in that no. shed. No. Until you think about what you've done. Maybe there's weapons of mass destruction over there. No, there's not. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, now he's crying. Oh, would you fucking stop? <laughs> would you fucking stop? Tears don't work on me, Tony. Tears uh, don't crocodile work Crocodile tears, right. Blair's gone hog wild in the slowest manner possible. Very, very yep. deadly smashing everything. Like Grandad waking up if the Brexit election went the wrong way. <laughs> Shouting facts that he doesn't really understand. Tearing mm. it all down. Throwing papers. Also kill the dogs. Yeah. Pop, pop him in the shed. Pop him in the shed. Henceforth known as the brig. Blair says for everyone to watch Clark, the lumberjack, saying that he's, uh, yeah. he's up to no good. He's fishy. So they decide they're going to do a little bit of test. They're going to mix the blood of everyone with the blood that they've got in the blood bank. Easy peasy. Bob's your uncle's side. And around. see if any of it is bad blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> so they go to the blood room but there's a problem Sam isn't there somebody got to the blood oh I love how he says that somebody got to the blood <laughs> somebody got to the blood <laughs> only the doctor and the sheriff of these here hills have had access to the room so straight away mm. everyone is suspecting everyone and Bob Ross particularly he takes this very difficultly he freaks out he's like why should we be taking orders from Gary when he could be the thing or one of those things which is what they seem mm. to refer to them as. I think those things would have been a much worse title for this movie. <laughs> John, John Carpenter's Those Things. <laughs> I also would say the uh, passive-aggressive one-upsmanship of Netflix with, well, Stranger Things. So, uh, it's not that big, yeah. are you, John Carpenter? Ooh, you've got a thing? Stranger Things. More of them, and mm. they're stranger. So, fuck you, yeah? <laughs> so, to cool everyone down, Gary decides, okay, I'm gonna give up the role, I'm gonna hand over my badge, McGreedy, your sheriff of these here parts and I hope you mm -hmm. take down that polecat gang more than anything because they killed my pal. McGreedy's in charge <laughs> now so uh, they decide yeah. to have another cook 
again. <laughs> lads, lads, lads. Cook some blood. Cooking up some blood. Or black pudding, yeah. as we call it here in the United Kingdom. Yep. Do you like black pudding? You know, I do. And I, for a long time, thought I didn't. Because just the, the idea of it was gross. Mm. And then I finally just had some. I was like, this is delicious. But this you, is great. you don't think about what it is, though, when you're, you're oh, of experiencing course you don't. that. It's like professional wrestling black pudding in that sense. It requires, you don't think about what you're watching. Yeah, it requires <laughs> willful ignorance to fully appreciate it. Like Otherwise, you're not going to have a good time. No, and you don't want some professional wrestling on your full English, do you? No. Not really? Oh, no way, mate. White pudding for me. That's all right. That other stuff, though. Yuck. Three that are suspects are going to be drugged up and tied up. It's only fair. Yeah, so That makes sense. McGreedy records a podcast about how no one trusts each other. <laughs> it's like the end of an episode of Marin or something like that. So I learned that no one can trust each other. Blah, 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 blah. There's a bit where one of the lads suggests that they prepare their own meals and they only eat out of cans. Yeah, fukes. And I'm like, if it gets to that point, I'd, I'd sooner die. <laughs> just, just, you know. Who made your dinner tonight, Sam? My mum. <laughs> Uh, is this maybe a reason why you're like... Have you had this very conversation with your mom? It's like, Sam, you might have to eat out of cans or make your own food. No. I'll I'd sooner die. <laughs> well, I'll just won't eat then. I'll go on hunger strike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have for your dinner? What I mean, because this is traditionally not... I made sure to eat before this because I knew that this is not going to be a, a fun time to, to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think that through. I, I had a nice, a nice curry. Oh yeah, some carrots and some uh, some green beans. Oh, green beans! Best type of beans those are. Yeah, lovely. Good stuff. Yeah, it's nice. A, a nice chicken curry. But I'd, I'd polish that off before any of the gross bits. So I was very, very glad of that. <laughs> were, were you kind of like self-aware? Like it's going to get gross. So it was kind of like a panicky almost. Like I, well, I didn't know it was going to get gross. I thought it might get spooky, and I might you know flick. Oh, like a blah! masala everywhere, you know. But luckily that didn't happen. It's, it's a good job I wasn't eating, you know, a spaghetti bolognese. That would have been a really bad choice, yeah, yeah. Or a paella with all the different bits in it. That mm. would have made you kind yeah. of think unwanted things. I mean, I will say he's proposing things like preparing your own meals, eating out of cans. Fun fact for everyone at home, I like to share advice and help people out during the, the winter cold months up ahead when everyone's going to get sick. When you're washing your hands, sing happy birthday twice. That's as long as you should be washing your hands for. So a little bit of advice okay. for you there in the back pocket. Yeah. Handy. And now you can uh, sing happy birthday without getting in copyright trouble. So even better, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Very good. Yeah, you can do that in a restaurant and no one's going <laughs> to... Fuke finds that McGreedy's got ripped clothes outside in his shack. So they all leave mm. to go have a lucky live. Ooh. You're going to go see Mad Blair as well. And he insists to them that he's square now and he's not going to cause any more ruckus. Fuck off, Pops. You stay in the shed. Fuchs is found, and his body, as they say in German, is gebrannt. He's been burnt up. They speculate that either he felt that he was changing, or that he tried to kill it and he accidentally burnt himself. Either way, mm. you fuked up. That's good wordplay, isn't it? It's, uh, it is good wordplay. It's like, fuck. <laughs> it's yeah. Bad one. Fugue. Man, his name was Fox. Say, we've literally given one fuck for this, like, you know? They go and they check the shack, and inside they get paranoid about McCready, so they start barricading up the base. The cook reveals to them when he comes back in that McCready has torn up clothes. They agonize otherwise not to let him in, and Bob Ross is like, if you don't let him in and he's human, what are you doing? You're murdering him. Everyone is trying to figure out what to do, and then McCready calmly enters and goes, guys, yo, chill, freeze frame. I've got fucking dynamite. I'm going to blow you all up. Dynamite, okay, power play. Seriously, Lord Alan Sugar would be impressed with the power play. It is a power play. But the big flair, though, Sam, 
Oh, it's too close to the dynamite. It is, and it's erratic. The flare as well. It's not got a steady burn. Yeah, it burn. could go all over the place. I think maybe the other lads were paranoid that he was a a thing. Yeah, but would a thing use dynamite? That's what I figure. Yeah, it's not going to want to blow itself up, is it? And here's the thing as well. What's really interesting about this movie, and I think one of the reasons why it stuck with me so much. If you rewatch the movie, knowing who is the thing and trying to piece together when different people become the thing or people get replaced, mm. and you can try and notice the subtle difference differences because you don't realize and that's what's so good is that the thing is actually so good at blending in and mimicking that you don't actually know to the point that people still speculate to this day whether or not McGreedy himself is the thing oh because well some people are like well there's two people left at the end it could be either one of them we don't know for sure. They never really explained McCready's clothes being all ripped up. So there is just that extra yeah. layer of suspicion. Rewatch the movie, telling yourself that Kurt Russell's a wrong one, and it has a whole different vibe to it. It's a, I like that the movie's yeah. got those layers to it. Yeah. The man in the background with a nice jumper has a heart attack. It's all too much. So they go give him a little bit of, a little bit of CPR. Gonna give him the old paddles, <laughs> you know? This, oh, this bit fucked me up as a kid. This bit, I fucking hated this so much. Absolute yeah, I didn't nightmares. like this. This, I think, is the scariest bit in the movie. What happens to his arms, Sam? How would you describe it? They get bitten off by a belly, don't they? <laughs> they just sort of sink in. Ha-ha! Hunger strikes! Get taken off. I hate when hunger strikes, mate. You fucking lose some arms. <laughs> Yeah, the mouth is just horrifying. It's so primitive and basic, like, this has just been designed to rip off your arms in this fucking moment. Oh, Jesus Christ. McCready's holding people off in the corner with a dynamite and flamethrower. This bit is so horrible. This big spider fungus horror show. Head full yeah. all ooey gooey. The yucky head spider thing that is kind of like using its mouth tentacle to hide and that grows these spider legs. That was the bit that freaked me out the most, I think. That was the grossest bit. The bit where they burn it, yeah, it goes, and it's still moving, <laughs> with its horrible spider legs, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stand that. That just... And his head rips off as well, me. with all the green gloops and... I'm fine with that, but once it's got spider legs, I'm like, no. Oh man, the spider legs. How are you on spiders as a matter of interest? Very bad with spiders. I'm very scared of spiders. Like, I, I have an irrational fear of big spiders. Yeah. Like, I know it's completely irrational, because like, I used to, when I did my university, like, final project, I did it on centipedes, and I worked beside a guy, and his whole thing was about giant venomous snakes, spiders, and scorpions. So beside me every day, there was a guy with a big fucking legitimately poisonous, scary spider. And I was totally at ease and cool with it because it was like, whoa, look at this cool thing. But if you see a spider in my house appears and I'm on my own and it's like bigger than a thumb, I'm like, Hah! I will leave the room. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why that is. No, I'm the same though. I just, yeah, I can't even bring myself to put the, the glass over it. I can't. Yeah, that just feels weird. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've got to wash a glass after that. Like, you know, I don't have to go mm. through all that. You can't use that glass again. I'd rather just not go downstairs ever again if that's the way it's going to, if it's going to come to it. Like, you know. I just move house. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> gone. I'm, it's fine yeah. moving house currently. There's a spider in one of the rooms and I just, I don't like it. So, fuck it. Yeah, get out of there as soon as you can. It uses its tongue to move as well. Oh, God, it's just. Bleh. So they decide to get all emo and burn it down and <laughs> set everything on fire. Another cookout. Fucking hell. A lot of fire in this film. There is. Powerful forest fire and all this ice. Proper song of fire and ice, isn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> so Max decided he's going to tie everyone up, even Keith David, despite his objections. Let's find out who's the thing. Let's find out who is the thing. Previously on AMC's The Thing, let's find out who's the <laughs> thing. And they go only. But who is who is the thing? Who is the thing? Yeah? Sam, you taught me how to laugh, but more importantly, you taught me how to horrify. I'm giving you the purple ooey gooey rose full of tentacles. <laughs> you are the thing. Congratulations. Ah! This fall on the thing. Sam Chaplin's dreams come true. <laughs> so they got a new test. An easy test. Yeah. Doesn't like things that are hot. If one cell of this is considered an alive individual organism, then let's set this shit on fire. So everyone takes a blood test. They pop in the heat. This has been like parodied a few times. It was parodied on South Park when they did an episode about cooties, if I remember. They did a very <laughs> similar thing. I love this scene. It's so tense. The good thing about this scene is that because in a lot of these kind of films where there's like an ensemble cast, mm-hmm. I get a bit mixed up about the names and I'm not really 100% sure who's who. Yeah, yeah. But this time they have little blood Petri dishes with the names <laughs> on them. Which, it only just occurred to me at that point that in this film, there is a character called Mac and a character called Windows. Yeah. I think that's that's quite a Oh, shit, you're right. That's amazing. Yeah. I think this is before Windows is an operating system, but it's kind of a nice little, little thing. It's Mac and Windows. I think that uh, Bill Gates kind of took some you know, <laughs> maybe took some inspiration from the works of uh, those of John Carpenter Steve Jobs and Bill Gates just both watched the thing and took different things from it that's why the new uh, yeah Windows operating system uh, instead of Windows ME it's going to be uh, Windows Ghosts on Mars edition which is a <laughs> terrible awful operating system do not use it so Windows is okay everyone's gonna have sore thumbs at the end of this though drawing blood from a thumb that's not cool that fucking sucks Mac does himself next he says show what everyone already knows myself included bam we're all okay doc was okay lol not now he's dead and clark was okay as well which makes you a murderer ah you're shit you're shit you murdered a man in cold blood you're shit this reminded me of you mentioned uh, until dawn i think yes earlier this reminded me of that as well i think i shot someone and it turned out they weren't a, a monster but i shot them anyway and i felt bad did it turn out that you were the real monster all along like yeah and now i know what it feels like to be kurt russell is what i'm saying so in relation to that then do you think that kurt russell could play you in our feature adaptation uh, of the movie it's a triple threat right there if you've got gabriel byrne the cloonanator and you've got got kurt russell i'm telling you that's a triple threat i mean i'm not i'm not gonna say no to being played by, by kurt russell yeah e- even old kurt russell yeah, i'm like he could pull that off old kurt russell playing young sam chaplin yeah. i think would would work well that's a challenge yeah. which i think at this point in his career i think as a titan of hollywood kurt russell take up the challenge have you got yeah, it in you? More, more than capable. Can you act your way out of this dark corner we've put you into? Palmer, he's a thing! A thingy thing! He explodes yeah. and thrashes about, and people are tied to him, and he bites Windows' head off! Yeah, that, that bit was particularly scary. Although he doesn't go for any of the folks who are tied up. They're all there going, ah, I'm tied up. But he, he just goes for, is it Windows, yeah. who's standing up? He had some bad experiences with Vista, and he's just like, <laughs> not going to let that shit go. You know, <laughs> never. Get my own back now. <laughs> Windows 8 wasn't enough. I say <laughs> I say, getting your own back, because uh, there is a lot of gunge in this. That is true, yeah. Back. No, it's true. I tell you, Noel's house party soundtrack to this as well could also make it like, kind of, <laughs> you know, and instead of all that, <laughs> he said, 
that would, would also be terrifying and haunting in a whole other way like so the flamethrower is on the fritz this whole time it finally starts working sets him on fire now there's a few shots here like two of them he's like going ah i'm on fire but there is one in between shot where he's like do 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 just like a normal ass walk like i'm on fire it's all right yeah just i just fancy a trip outside i'll see you kids later on tonight goodbye puts his hat on like and then he explodes yeah well he gets a, a like a flare or a grenade or something lobbed at him doesn't he oh that is it yeah that probably makes more sense yeah just exploding <laughs> i was gonna say if you're kind of can bear witness to it unless i have a will stating otherwise for my funeral arrangements i do think i'd like to be set on fire and to calmly walk outside and then explode after i've died of course so arrange that right yeah <laughs> i was gonna say you want to calmly walk outside yeah but you'll be dead yeah. already. Mate, imagine Bridezilla, but with funerals. That's what I'm getting at here. You know? You're not you're not alive before your funeral. and <laughs> I'm just, just simple automation. Kill yourself. That's all I'm doing. Look, if they can come teach a computer to play Pokemon Go, they can then make they can me do, do that. You know, that's all I'm saying. We have the technology. So, the cook's okay. Normal service resuming. I love they just like, all right, back to it now, lads. Go on, game on. <laughs> we'll come in here. Keith David's okay. Sheriff's in the clear. And I love his phrase here, which is... Pretty much, the sheriff doesn't want to spend all the winter tied to this fucking couch, and I don't blame him. Couches like that, particularly after explosions of a meaty variety, not pleasant to be on. I spilled chili on a couch once back in the day, and I felt a similar sense of, don't want to be here on this couch anymore. Don't want to spend my winter tied to it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I wasn't even going to sit on it, alone be tied to it, mate. No. So they're going to go and test Blair, and it seems that he's gone burrowing, and he's building a saucerino to call his own yeah this is like a real scrap heap challenge moment here isn't it he's kind of <laughs> he looks like a guy from scrap heap challenge doesn't he does he, he does, he does. Oh, i bet yeah. he loves terry pratchett as well a bit too much like you know mm. just in a slightly weird way that kind of makes you not want to get into it at all like yeah and then Crichton comes in and sort of starts testing out the spaceship <laughs> and seeing if it can go into space <laughs> Oh, great days. Great stuff indeed. So yeah, they go and look for the generator and the Jenny is gone. The Jenny has been taken and seemingly incorporated. The thing is planning instead now of escaping, it's going to freeze and hopefully everyone here will die wait for the rescue people to come and then try and start over get all of them get up in their grill so they decide quite calmly if this is the plan of action that this thing is going to take then we'll simply burn it down so they decide to blow up everything in the camp easy they're not getting out of there alive but neither is the thing is what they've decided they're very cool about this yeah you know quite accepting of their fate uh, crisis management Kurt Russell is mm. he's a natural born leader like you've got natural hotheads in there with Gary and Keith David you know and he's everyone's cool it's like okay guys new plan we all die alright so team A if you could go over there and blow up this part so we can all die team B will go over and blow up this part and make sure that we all really die and if we really work too hard together guys we might might be dead before the end of the night yeah he does seem like a cool leader but you're right his plans are basically let's burn everything let's blow everything up and let's put some hot metal in the blood to see who's who i'm just saying i'm not sure if i want this guy piloting no whirly birds 
you know? I don't think he should be the team leader on this particular apprentice task. I don't think so. I think he was disorganized. Maybe sub-team leader. Maybe sub-team leader. In charge of burning, but not the overall, I think his his goals are too diffuse. Not the marketing team. No, not the marketing (laughs) team. Or the design team. Burning team. The burning team. So, McCready comes face-to-face with the final boss. Blair's ripped the sheriff's face off. This is like the final form of the thing. And kind of what you thought most of this movie would be, you know, less is more and then not showing you much. Like, this is the yeah. point where they kind of this is where the line was where they kind of hit the brick wall of we can't really do any much more so you see very little of this final form of the monster which is very towering and very horrifying but the animatronics were too difficult to this point for them to do any more and they didn't have enough money to make it more than it was you see a little bit of him kind of dragging off Gary by his face it's all pulled <laughs> up and it's like dragging uh, that's not nice. Have you seen Face Off as a matter of interest? No. Oh, a Nicolas Cage no. swirl might need to be on the cards at some does he point. Get, does he get his face pulled off? Well, I mean, they... they'd. Hence. Face off. Yeah, you can judge that book by its cover. And Jared Leto's not in it, so, you know. Hopefully he'll be in the remake. <laughs> it's got a dog bit. It's got a claw bit. It's got a weird eye bit. It's fucking horrible. Again, kind of a scrap heap challenge situation. It is. It's more like a scrap meat challenge, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, look, guys, we've got all this offal and all of these rough cuts of stew meat and all this suet. Can you make Mm. the thing? And they have to make it all up. And then John Carpenter comes in and he tastes it. And he's like, just the butteriness of that suet (laughs) is phenomenal. And then, you know, John Turow comes in. He goes, I like your eye. I like your dog. I like your teeth. It's a very grown-up dish. And he's very, very happy. You know? Very, very happy indeed. It's everything you want in a final meal, a boss, in, in a movie, yeah. really. You know, it's satisfying to the end. Yeah, God, it's so horrible. But before you even have a chance to kind of process this, team leader Keith, who's had problems with blowing stuff up and burning things down in the past, he goes back to that old wheelhouse and he goes, Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> Blows it up. Right, what's very telling about this is that I used to have the director's commentary of this on D. DVD, and it's John Carpenter and Kurt Russell and the noise of mixed drinks is so loud as these two guys are like this is fucking awesome man <laughs> they love this shit and then shit. I say fuck you too and and blew up fuck and yeah, yeah man <laughs> So a big old kablamo. We're left with McReady wandering out with his whiskey into the frozen Antarctic winter, which is the last place. Mm. I mean, I like it too cold, but I think I'd rather get hot to death than freeze to death. I don't know. Um, that's an interesting one. Although sunburns are fucking ugh. Yeah, I think still maybe cold to death. Yeah, because it's probably quicker, even yeah. though it's still slow. Yeah. Why would you rather die if you tweet into Cinema Swirl? <laughs> Just let us know how you'd prefer to die, hot or cold. If you're a hashtag stone cold, or you're hashtag pretty hot, let us know. Send us a tweet and we'll get back to you guys. Yeah. Meets up with Keith David. He says he thought he saw Blair went off the other way. They sit down, they chill out. Feels like both men are too tired to suspect each other even at this point, but I don't know. They wait to see what happens. Film ends. The end. Oh, man. They had originally a happy ending for this. Like, they actually... They filmed the other ending. The other ending was Kurt Russell gets picked up by a chopper. Yeah. They find out that he's human and he's safe and that's it. 
But they did test screenings and they didn't even... John Carpenter would refuse to let anyone ever see that ending because he thought it had to be this horrible ending, this kind of real brutal, fucking cold, bleak. That's it. You don't know. It is a very bleak ending, isn't it? It is. And I think that's haunting and horrible about it. Yeah. I did feel a bit kind of empty when it finished. I think the, the climax of the film, so the whole throwing the dynamite at it, Fuck you, Fuck you too. It just didn't hit me as much as it probably should have done. Mm. I didn't. I didn't get into that final act. See so why you kind of yeah. The final act I think is probably one of the weaker parts of the movie. I think it kind of peaks yeah. with the scene where all the testing and they're all tied up and I think that final boss doesn't quite live up to the rest of the movie it feels like it was a bit it feels rushed and I don't even know if it was if it was a short yeah it's it, the movie's shorter than I remember because it has such kind of a slow pace and it's kind of it's, yeah. it's uh, you know in between the gruesome bits it's quite a quiet movie with it's ambience and whatnot. so yeah it kind of it left me going oh god it, it is it's, it's almost over because we're looking at the time going oh there's probably an hour left and there's only 20 minutes it's like oh shit yeah it's fucking we're wrapping things up here I mean, I really am interested to know. I mean, I've asked you if you were scared by it. You don't seem like yeah. you're gushing or enamoured with it. What are your kind of final thoughts on the thing? Uh, so I, I was scared by it. Mm. The bit where he puts the bit of metal in the blood and the blood jumps. <laughs> that got a legit jump scare from me. I was like, ah, gee, like, I'm really not happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you end up not liking the movie because it scared you too much I think we can chop no, that as a win for the movie like <laughs> and the burning spider legs mm. that image is going to stick with me for a little bit don't like that so it, it, it was scary the, the effects were very convincing is not the right word but just uh, gooey and yucky and gross in the right horrific way I think they're just like other like I think it works the fact that it's kind of not real looking in the sense that it makes it look a little bit yeah. otherworldly and they keep saying like oh it, try- it was trying to transform like they've got such a great right around to make it look the way it does I don't know I, I think it's something like that is just I-, I miss seeing things like that in movies and that's kind of why movies like this will always have an appeal for me I miss seeing that fucking gross not silly rubber suit it's just really well done really fucking horrifying that is Someone who knows how to scare and unsettle people. You want all the guts to look like they've actually come out of a butcher's bin, don't you? Just like a horrible collection of... When I was teaching, a teacher mm. that I was working alongside got really excited on one of our last days because he's like, I've got a really exciting thing. He's like, what is it? He's like, I can get you a pluck. And I go, a pluck? And he goes, yeah, a pluck from an abattoir. It's the bit they take out from the esophagus all the way down to the anus of the cow. So you literally get a complete digestive system all in one, the pluck. And then you can take the kids around and show them all the parts. And they go, oh, wow. I didn't really want to do it it seemed like a bit of a big thing and he's like okay I'll do it yeah. then and he brought it into his class and like there was still shit in the fucking lower intestines and it was warm uh. and there was like steam coming off it uh. and I remember seeing it writhing there and all I could think of was the thing the entire time and I was so yeah. uneasy the thing is something that has stuck with me for years it's ingrained when I th- see gross things the thing creeps into the back of my head very often mm. how did you find it did you enjoy it um I did enjoy it yeah but I, I don't feel I don't know I don't feel that kind of enthusiasm that I have for some of the films mm. that we've watched I had a good time would you reckon like would you want to watch this with someone who's like oh I want to watch a scary movie would you be like well fucking I got this right here boom the thing because for me if someone's ever like oh I don't get scared by movies and I'd be like have you seen this thing and I'd try and you know put that on them I tell you what I, I would have rather watched that at that person's house that I went to when they put on The Hills Have Eyes instead <laughs> I mean I wonder for me if it's one of those things that because I saw when I was like 13 or 14 which I think is probably the ideal age to see something like this mm. and it stuck with me a lot more I mean 
how does it rank up to other like horror things that you've seen more recently i mean is it scarier would you say than the, the common offering out there today or it's it is hard to to rank it amongst those things because it's i'm not sure what i expected from the thing but it was it was different i well, expected an origin stone story bloke. for a stone block yeah. basically i think the you know the the practical nature of the special effects is is difficult to compare because it's it's you know two different entirely different things mm-hmm. the tension in the film the like paranoia the cabin fever stuff that was pretty pretty pitch perfect mm. I, I, that was that was great would you want to rewatch the movie do you think it's not a long movie, <laughs> so <laughs> that's easy, that's easier than than some movies. Maybe I think now that I know who turns when, yeah, it, that what you said there about that, you know, rewatching in that way might be interesting. The thing that I feel a little bit maybe let down about, and I, I think you or maybe some other people might be upset about this, is the music mm. never really struck me. And when I saw the the name at the start yeah, yeah. and knew who was the composer, I was like, well, this is going to be an absolutely banging soundtrack. This is going to be some iconic stuff here and there were some nice synth textures there was some good stuff and there's almost like a rhythmic doo-doo yeah kind yeah of it's kind of the heartbeat almost you can feel the tension with it but maybe not as melodic as you would have liked or yeah well I, I don't know I think like the it wasn't used enough for the tension building or the climax of the last act or anything I didn't yeah because you don't have like scary thrilling music when the scary stuff happens it, the music usually stops when it's like because it's just letting the, yeah. the kind of monstrosity speak for itself like I think I just had high expectations and I you know it was alright all in music <laughs> <laughs> well I mean no I mean it's it's interesting because it is I mean I do remember saying like it's oh it's a great soundtrack but I, I guess it's probably not a great soundtrack is what I meant it's probably I like it because I think it's such a fitting I want to sit down and listen to it start to finish because it's making me feel scared mm. but I feel it heightens the tension in all the right ways like it's a very yeah. purposeful minimal like kind of less is more type of approach but where would you rank this among the other spooky movies we've done for Spooky Swirl I mean would you say you enjoyed it more or less than say The Shining which we've also watched or Alien or Nightmare on Elm Street less than The Shining mm. I think it's Alien's not a very fair comparison I guess you know in many ways I mean because it's sort of similar to Alien that it's kind of a slow burn and there's yeah. paranoia and whatnot. but I think it's obviously a lot less silly looking than Elm, Elm Street and you know a bit more of a serious film and there's more credible acting going on I am getting the feeling that you didn't love the movie I, I, I'm getting that feeling as well and I'm not I can't really put my finger on why I think I might be clutching at straws to just work out what is like missing mm. for me for th- for this movie for a lot of people myself included the the highlight of this is like the the interplay with Kurt Russell and Keith David those two angry yeah. those two angry bulls just locking up horns you know I liked both of them <laughs> yeah I I like Kurt Russell in this I liked. Keith Keith David? Yes, Keith David. And yeah. we'll see him in many more movies if we do a John Carpenter swirl in the future, I'm pretty sure. A movie he's in will probably end up winning that poll. But so okay. we're coming to the conclusion that you liked it, you didn't love it. Yeah. You were scared of points, but it wasn't yeah. as scary as or as, as resonating as say the shining or some other things you've seen. No. I feel this has like a pretty big reputation. It does. Like pe- people really love this film. They do. I mean I love this movie, but you know. Although you 
you said that the critics didn't like it when it came no, out. No, when it came out, it was panned. It was given really bad. Yeah. It wasn't until the 90s that people started to turn around and, and say that it was, you know, good. But So maybe I'm a man behind his time. Perhaps that is. <laughs> like, maybe in like 20 years, you'll be like, wow, the thing was fucking Oh, cracking. the thing was great. But now I'm like, it was It was good. It was a very good film. How many star wipes would you give it, though? I think it's a, I think it's a three. Three star wipes. Fuck me. Yeah. You heard it here first. Boo! Boo. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, and the music and editing was by me, Sam. As always, you can follow us on Twitter over at Cinema Swirl, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cinema Swirl. If you have any questions, queries, comments, or stories, send them on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswell at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to us over on iTunes or whichever podcast thing you use. And if you like the show, leave a review. Anyway, we'll see you next time on Cinemaswell. Swell.